you think about the traditional front three, including Firmino, they were close to each other and they just seem systematically right now. Liverpool are not clicking. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Okay, it's bang on half past seven. It is Tuesday, the 30th of August. This date has been ringed in our calendar for a long time because it is own uh, final show. How are you? Yeah, how are things? Very good. <laughs> well done, that was a good intro. <laughs> I'm done now. My work here is over. <laughs> Colin is with us as well. Colin, good morning to you. Morning, sir. Morning, Owen. I'm wearing black. Yeah, I fitting for the listeners. I wore I wore this shirt on the like I figured this is my best chance of us ending up in the same. But you, 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 we were on we were no longer simpatico. Unfortunately, the spell yeah, is broken. I, I have I have that shirt. Obviously, uh, I just decided not to wear it today, just uh, out of out of bad luck. We were on a very good run there for a while, where it was literally the same outfit every day for about six or seven shows. It was nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to set the tone. We, we, we uh, because we, well, some of us come in before public transport starts. Um, we get, have to get taxis to work. And uh, when I was coming in early uh, for many years, I had the same taxi driver and he's a lovely man by the name of Pat Coffey. But then my work time started a little bit later. And so I, my relationship with Pat disappeared because I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't use him anymore. But Owen is very close to where me and Pat are from. And um, so... He's been driving you in for a number of years mm-hmm. and you've become friends. Yeah. Oh. And today you had to tell him that you were leaving. I, I told him a, a while ago and today was the day I had to say, you know what, I'm not going to see you for a while, Pat. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a bit emotional. That was uh, that, that was a tough one. That's the first one. For us, you can be like, ah, that, that bunch of clowns. I'm free of them finally shaking the dust off them. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, maybe I just think that there, this was a, a relationship that was very much confined to uh, the morning, every single morning. And like, there'd be the odd text here and there. Maybe if it was off for a long period of time, and I don't know, Kerry had done something spectacular, and or maybe Tip had done something spectacular because that's where his where he's from, or he's involved with the Dublin setup as well at an underage level. So uh, it was very much confined to this. Whereas I hope with it's you guys, inter- and with my friends, yeah. romance. exactly, exactly. He's um, he's a wise man and a, and a good man, and uh, it's. That was a that was a tough goodbye now this morning, and it finally started to ring home that yeah. you're you're going to have to record all this in your brain as opposed to like on your phone because you know that's that, it's difficult for your generation. It, I may as well finish this off the way we started. Yeah, <laughs> it's not uh, it's not easy. Yet, so I need to like jot that down somewhere, write down how I felt. What uh, did a thing happen to me that I can't record on the phone? Yeah, somebody stick in the cloud quick. I didn't take a selfie. There is no cloud. Well, that's a mistake. Yeah, exactly. I or else it's not. I could have cashed in on that. Yeah. If I was leaving the country forever, I wouldn't tell the taxi driver until the last day because if you tell him early, he might not show up, and he'd be in trouble. <laughs> why? Why would he not show up? Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't, he told me he was leaving. I can't remember. Like you're not his only fair. Ah, no. He's you know, he'd be like, oh, he said he's leaving. Did he? Oh, I'll forget about that. He's, he, and then sorry. he could be stranded and might not show up on your last day, and that would have been devastating. Only fairs. That sounds like a, a sort of CD uh, type of driving. <laughs> I have a question. Um, on your Spotify playlist that you'd be listening to, yeah, would you have that Arthur Monkey song in it for nostalgic reasons? Can you actually hear that song anymore in six months' time when you're deep in the rainforest and you hear that? Would you get a shiver up your spine being like, oh, it's time to go live on air? And plant it in your brain? No. Why not? Do not listen to it every morning. Yeah, no, I, I just no. Like, I mean, there will, there will be obviously some bits and pieces here and there, but that that, that will not be one of those songs that will uh, make me because, like, 
Um, I, I, attach, I attach different things to this show, not the, uh, I bet you look on the dance floor. What things do you attach to the show? Um, the people and the memories and, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's going to be a long, awkward two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually don't have any running order. We're just going to, like, uh, reflections on my time at uh, Off the Ball from Owen Sheehan over the next, that's it. Go on, go for it. Yeah, nice, yeah. It's just I, uh, open mic for two hours, my, my, yeah. my wildest dream. You are going to South America, correct? Yes. Can you confirm that? Yes. Eventually, I'm not starting there, but I will, I will eventually get there if I don't run out of money. Well, why not play a game of capitalism currencies with South American countries? <laughs> Start the clock. So, uh, Owen, <laughs> if I was to say, I'll put it into context, put it in a scenario. I've done no research for this, by the way. Wait, which one's the crypto? We, we always forget about that one. El Salvador. Hello, sir. One correct answer. Hello, sir. I would like to go to Argentina, but I can't quite find the capital. Oh, sir, the capital is. Why are we? Uh, are we, are we is this an actual? This is an actual thing, okay? Yeah. Uh, and you're starting me off with an easy one. Exactly. The capital of Argentina. Make you understand the Buenos game. Aires. And uh, oh, I'd like to pay for this Owen Shane replica mug. What would I pay with? I actually. What, see, this is going to be like deeply, deeply embarrassing. This is like. I mean, I've been busy. I haven't really. The got colonial conquest. Conquistador will arrive with like his mobile phone and he'll point it at them and go it's money money this money <laughs> well what would you use to pay for items in Argentina what would you use I, all I know is that you know I mean I'm just going to have uh, US dollars and pesos and, and that will be enough right Owen if I'm in uh, Caracas what country am I in uh, I do know this one the answer to that question is Venezuela isn't it wow very good in Peru what currency did I use Oh, I actually uh, did know this at some point. I, I actually don't know now. Well, I'll give you a hint. Luis Figo made a very controversial transfer mm. from Barcelona to Real Madrid, as you're aware of. And at the same time, in English football, another player made a very controversial transfer. And that player was... At the same time as Luis Figo made his transfer. So this is... A year later, and your lot actually benefited from this. Oh, Saul Campbell. So they use... The Saul... The sun. The there would be either of those two things. Do you want to know a fun fact about Ecuador? Yes, I or do. Can you tell me? Uh, the highest capital in the world? No. Their currency is the US dollar. It's not, that's Bolivia, isn't it? Uh, is it? Yeah. Well, that's handy, isn't it? Yeah. Hello, sir. Can you tell me what the capital of Brazil is? Brasilia. Very good. I thought you were going to fall into the Rio trap, but yes. you didn't. I saw, I saw you try to snare me. Gerard, would you like to play quickly? Yes. Okay, go on. Uh, I'm going to Ecuador. Quito. That's an easy one. Colombia. Bogota. What will I use to pay with items? Pay items with this currency, and it's called. I don't know. The peso. Yes. Very good. The other. Now we'll run answer. through the others because we're short in time. Mm-hmm. It's really, really enjoyable game, though. It is. I hope it's enjoyable for everybody listening. Mm. Shifty Dad's going to come in with a few guesses. A reminder, OTBM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish today. It's always going away, and that's why we're indulging ourselves a little bit today. There will be some stuff. We're going to talk to Gregor Paul. We're going to do some Formula One. We'll talk about football. We'll get our, uh, Owen's Arsenal shopping list if he wants it. We're going to do a You Had to Be There, which is some of the best sporting memories where sometimes you forget where you're doing because you love that game so much. And that's, uh, yeah. You didn't. You managed to get away without doing that slot. I actually realised that I, my list would be pretty bad like it wouldn't be very diverse to like when like Carl Dennehy's one last week was really good well I mean it, that might have ruined the slot for the rest of us yeah <laughs> it's like he, oh you yeah, well. his and was a messy. pretty like wow, when I was doing that I was kind of thinking about my own and I was like 80% of the really truly great performances I've seen have just been Gaelic football 
it's uh, right. like my it's your thing. my entire relationship. Ninety-five percent of my relationship more with football and possibly even with rugby is like television based. That's okay. Go ahead, come on. You've got two more left, you? Oh, you interrupted me. I thought you would want no, to. No, 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 no. I just wanted Jeez. to make sure that everybody knew that we weren't going to do this for the whole two hours. Oh, well, obviously sure not. Attached to this, just a bit of fun. God, um, capital of Paraguay. Uh, I don't know. Again, this is the sort of stuff that I used to know when like the quizzes were a thing. I remember there was a dull uh, World Cup knockout game involving Paraguay at the 2010 World Cup and Eamon Dunphy actually quizzed... Who was the presenter that day? Quizzed, anyway, the presenter about what the capital of Paraguay is. And the answer is Asuncion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now now it's ringing a six-class geography bell. Mm. There you go. And they use the Guarani Oh, yeah, never paper items. Wow. Right. So never even heard of that. Send us then, the, 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 the lowest denomination of all those notes yeah, home. One hundred percent. That'll be good. Shane Hannon's very good at the. Um, the Another annoying game, jobs for you to do. <laughs> God, oh my gosh, God, what a bunch! I have to go. And, can't believe I got to find the post office and buy a stamp. And I, I, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Where would you find Santiago? Chile. Very good. Bolivia. La Paz. Mm. This isn't as good as you thought it was going to be in, in uh, real life. Well, I really involved the contestants. But um, if you're in Bolivia and uh, say you're in Connemara, I'd like to borrow what from my tea? Sugar? Milk? Sucre. Sucre. That's the... Okay. Sucre? <laughs> Sucre. <laughs> and it's the... Uh, it's the way you ask it's pretty cool. Okay, that's nice. our currency. Are you going? Are you going to any of these countries? Yes, that I'm naming? Yes. How many are you going to that I've named? I, I plan to go to the, the most, if not all. Okay. Well, now you're set. We'll see. Because you know the capitals, and you know what to pay with. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks very much. My going away present. What's nice yours? One. What? What's your, that was my present to Owen. I've I've set him up now with knowledge about the capitals and what to pay with, because otherwise he would have been last. Last. I'm, I'm set now. Thank you very much, guys. That was lovely. Very good. Uh, top five things quickly you're looking forward to the most. If you had to, like, are you going to do all the the tourist stuff? Are you going to climb Machu Picchu and that stuff? Or are you going to like? No? Yeah, I, I absolutely am. Like, I mean, it would be stupid not to do it because it's touristy stuff, wouldn't it? Um, like, uh, I, I, I'm obviously doing that. Uh, I'm really looking forward. I haven't done a top five. I'm really looking forward to being in uh, Argentina or Brazil when the World Cup is on. I can. Uh, I mean. This is this just this is a complete bias given my situation, but I think I'll be happier being there than being in Qatar, for example. And I think that'll be a really good experience. It's going to be weird, obviously. I think Argentina's first game is at like one a.m. their time. Um, it's just, it, that's just the, the one country I've wanted to visit visit for and the longest. That might be an okay time for a, a match. In Absolutely, Argentina. exactly. Yeah. So I think it's those two things. I'm like, I'll. Um, I think it'll be a good excuse to maybe just kind of hang around a little bit more when, when I go abroad I actually really like the um, the idea of actually just chilling out with a coffee and actually doing what maybe people who live in the country actually do as opposed to going to do touristy stuff all the time but I want to do all that stuff as well obviously but yeah I, I don't know why that kind of came to the top of my head I guess because we're in a sports studio here that's but, okay um, yeah. yeah I think the, the World Cup I think that'll be a good if, prism to watch it through what if they win like what if oh well that'd be unbelievable well I do think if, if there is a South American winner or a, somebody in the final I will obviously just fly to wherever is the best city in one of those countries just to see what that is like because that would be kind, kind of bucket list stuff uh, to see what to see what that is like and if it's Argentina or Brazil I think it'd be sensational no matter what sort of game they're in no. uh, shame Colombia aren't there don't know much about what what day to day 
is like in Brazil at the moment? Yeah, obviously that's that's a it's a slight concern, and um, obviously same goes for Venezuela as well at the moment. So, um, like I, again, I've um, I will have I will be prepared when I get that far, but like I, it's going to be I suspect middle of October. Um, closer to November before I'm in South America. Like I'm going, I'm going via the states, everyone. So it's uh, it's going to be a while before we get there. Uh, all right. And how are people going to keep in touch, Owen? What's the like? What is the follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? You're going to become a TikTok star. Is that the, that's why you've been slowly, steadily building up your TikTok over the last while, so that you can. I haven't like- posted TikTok in a while now, uh, but uh, yeah, that's the ambition. If you've got any ideas for good TikTok content, then um, let me know. I mean, uh, you're plenty barking up the wrong tree there. Um, <laughs> Okay, so will Owen be back to Team OTV at 93 Rubik's Cube? Will you, Owen? This is on air. Yes. I want to. Oh, well, you know, I mean... You never know. Wait, we'll see how broken I think, see, I think Team OTB has, uh, has recovered and morphed from uh, much bigger departures in the past throughout its entire 20-year existence uh, uh, and has time, actually yeah. managed to improve and uh, managed to... to Ooh, shots fired. Yeah. Owen's firing the shot. The second captain's there on his way out the door. Not at all. I said, and we improved after they left. No, I, wow. That's not the only big departure. I mean, um, uh, it disimproved after that, obviously, and then it just improved after other <laughs> departures. <laughs> Whoa, dropping the truth bombs. Here we go. It's 7.43 this morning. That's the bit that's been clipped and flashed around. Well, I can tell you Anybody else in Irish media you want to get I can, I can, I can, I can tell you one thing for sure. The show is going to improve after I go. That was my point. That was my point. There was no other point being made. Oh, wow. Uh, Memory Warrior says, I think you leaving the show comes with too much emotional baggage, Owen. You may just stay. Yeah, possibly. Donald Doyle, I can't believe today's on his last day. Been a constant in my mornings for so long. Brilliant fella. Can't wait to see his face be the first to be unveiled on the OTBAM, Mount Rushmore. Enjoy the trip. <laughs> oh my God, that's a great idea. Oh, um, where were you last week when we did it? We don't, <laughs> we don't have enough, um, enough time to get that mocked up. If anybody out there is uh, good at bad photoshops, then um, you've got about an hour left to knock that one together. Please, that'd be great. Thank you. Bobby Dwyer says, all the best, Owen. You'll be missed. Uh, Miss you too, Bobby. <laughs> We'll get a North London derby in when you're back. Safe travels. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Porek Stack says, So, fill to me the parting glass and drink a health, whatever befalls, and gently rise and softly call, Good night, and joy be with you all. God bless. Good night. That's, are you going to sing it out for us? That's gorgeous. What is your What is your parting piece for us today? How are you going to sing it out? Uh, I don't really think don't you think that's going to... Bet you look good on the dance floor. Give yeah, us, exactly. Yeah. Give us a I'll few bars the there, Owen, says Porek Stack. Ken agrees. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just uh, yeah, something along those lines, or, or Seven Nation Army, just li- literally sing the guitar riff as uh, my mic, my <laughs> mic is slowly in. killed. Uh, best of luck, Owen. Loved watching you every morning for the last few years, says Jason Hurley. Uh, can we get a weekly update slot from Owen's travels? Asks Kira Hudson. If he's alive, I think we should. Yeah, hundred percent. Suggested that actually. Yeah, yeah. Me. Let's do it. Uh, morning, lads. Enjoy yourself, Owen. Remember, we're only here for a visit. So have the time of your life, kid. Um, Owen could send Ward, a report yeah. back to the show. Every month, like Uncle Travelling Matt Fraggle says, Memory Warrior, you are my spirit animal there. The lads are looking at you blankly going, what? Is that something to do with Fraggle Rock? Yes. Ah, nice, okay. Do you have a vague recollection of Fraggle Rock? Uh, Yeah, like, I mean, it's a bit before my time, but I know what it is. Well, at the end of every episode, Uncle Travelling Matt, who had escaped Fraggle Rock and now lived with the humans, would write back this uh, postcard that they would read and they would imagine what was going on and then we would see what was going on and what was Uncle Travelling Matt thought was going on was very different from reality he was like, oh, <laughs> these mad crazy creatures and it was like a stupid dog and actually he was basically in the in the gaff up above it was, hadn't gone very far so you know maybe, maybe you can like sit in a uh, 
an apartment in Miami. Oh, look, here I am in Ascension mm, with the whatever, the Zlotty. And, uh, <laughs> or just do it from Collins Avenue. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, John Marston's best of luck, Owen, and many thanks. Sheehan will live on forever. I can't believe it. Want to run to you. Really can't believe this, <laughs> says uh, Brian. John Claffey says, all the best, Owen. Safe travels. Does Colm have a carer? Asks Richard Redpost. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe he means a career. I'm not sure. The bad spelling on YouTube is... Uh, I don't know which is worse there. <laughs> to be honest, I'll probably take carer. I have a work experience. <laughs> Brian Slattery says, flag at half-mast here today. Uh, and EH says, good to see disposable coffee cups being used. They're not. We, we've got no, no, no. This is just ceramic. me. Oh, it's Colum. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just me. But it's uh, Brayburn. Colum. Sweet coffee. Really? Now, well, we, uh, we, we're, we moved away from the disposable. We're anti Yeah, we're going to get away from that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I just realised? You're in a favourable time zone for the US Open. That's right. And there's already been some shocks. There has. Stefan Sitsipas is gone. Simona Halep is gone. Some more shocks to come in the next two weeks. Nice. You'll be watching. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good luck on the travels, Owen. Are you going on a scouting mission for Arteta? Asks David Tomney. Yeah, that, that's definitely um, it's a good option there. All right. Uh, good luck, Owen, and safe travels, says Brandon Pang. And uh, where is this one here? Uh, best of luck, Owen. OTBAM helped me get through lockdown. Owen will be sadly missed, says Stephen J. Thanks, Stephen. And yeah, I think OTBAM probably helped us get through lockdown a little bit. To be honest, having that uh, reason to get out of bed in the morning was uh, actually something that kind of was a little bit true during those two years. It was symbiotic. We definitely yeah. fed off the fact that there were people. We we pushed the start time back a little bit, did we? Yeah. I remember, like, oh, do we need to get up at half seven? There's no one watching. And then we started at like nine o'clock. Did we do yeah. nine to half ten? What? Yeah. When? During lockdown. <clears throat> at the very oh. start. There was definitely a bit of a fluid kind of movement uh, to the to the start time. Did it move at eight? To eight? Yeah. I'm not sure. But it would have been a very. Uh, uh, that would have been. Why do we start a, a really bad bad couple of uh, months had it not been for the show do you you're, you're old enough to um, just about remember Fraggle Rock do you remember This Is Your Life with, with Eamon Andrews and again don't remember but I know what it is um, well they would they would get people out and go yeah. well oh and Sheehan This Is Your Life uh, so we're calling in mum and dad John and Carmel and brother oh, and sister Keen and Kerry <laughs> ah jeez hi guys how are you <laughs> you can't do this to me we can how are you <laughs> I hope the sound is on, is it? Can you guys hear us all right? We can hear you. Yeah. Well, we can hear you fine, yes. Yeah. Very good, very good. Well, Kerry, I want to start with you. I want to say thanks very much for organising it, that your graduation was on the same day as David Clifford because it gave us a perfect laugh. <laughs> no problem. And it, it established Owen as the number one David Clifford fan in the country. <laughs> Great. Uh, Carmel, how are you getting on? Great, Owen's going to How are you keeping? Yeah, very good. Good to see you again. And um, tell me, what do you think of uh, what do you think of his travels and his plans? Did he keep you? Did he keep you informed about exactly where he's going, what he's up to? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. We know a little bit. We gradually know a little bit more every day. And, and, as, uh, as we drag it out of him, it just all goes well, like yeah. <laughs> as we drag it out of him on the show, and he's like, "Oh, come on, come on, don't be telling anybody about this." <laughs> This is, uh, yeah, people have got uh, the, the studio back. I mean, those those famous shutters from uh, working from home here, we were just talking about it there. So, <laughs> so the, um, yeah, the studio back in action. Keen, I want to say thanks to you for organising this and not telling your brother. I'm sure the temptation was, oh, did you know they're setting up a call? But thank you very much for not doing that for us. No. I see you're as embarrassed as you've ever been. You're completely refusing to talk to your own family. Yeah, well, I can't believe this. <laughs> I can, I, I've been speaking to him the last few days. This is just uh, very kind of out of the blue and a, and a bit of a shock, to be quite honest. So, um, yeah, not, uh, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is your life. I wasn't fully familiar with uh, what it is. Now I am. And it's obviously, uh, it's obviously quite a, 
Um, it, it's just a, an effort to just bring everybody back from from the past. Um, I don't know, but this is a, this is a good start. This is a, this is this is really nice. So thanks thanks for organising this, uh, John. I think you're uh, important in terms of making on an Arsenal fan. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Yes, uh, I'd say PJ's was bought back in the days, and he was hooked after that. <laughs> I think he no choice in the matter. That's all it took, and you probably took him to his first game there. Would that be right? I John? did. Yeah, yeah, we went to, we went to the old the old um, Highbury Stadium there, uh, and he actually Wembley. I think was actually, uh, if I remember right, it was a community uh, community seed against United in 1999. Would he be his first Arsenal game actually? Very good. Uh, you know, it was a draw on the same day. He's, he would have seen Vieira and and um, and Roy Keane playing we, at that time. It'd be what, Arsenal won that day, definitely because won that, that day they did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two one to the Arsenal. Remember that the old Wembley. Probably the only, Wembley, only right. time in the old Wembley, actually, yeah, because we were obviously living in London at the time, so that was probably like a handy enough trip down to Wembley at, at the time. So, yeah, those Arsenal PJs absolutely key. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, when we came to Ireland, his first All Ireland would have been two thousand. The um, All Ireland final replay of two thousand, he couldn't, we couldn't get get to the first game because um, the Hogan Sand was being done up at the time, and uh, we went to the replay against Galway. The great Seamus Miner was captain and uh, Owen's cousin, Morris Fitzgerald, was outstanding in midfield that day. And uh, is that the famous picture of Owen and Morris Fitz? That, that uh, would be it, yes. We've, we've, yes. Seen, we've seen one of those before, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have it. Yeah, no, thank thank God. Yeah, that was, that was 2000, yeah. So that was, yeah, that was, that was a pretty interesting summer, actually, because it was replays in the semi-final and the final and just those first early memories, like you don't, I, I do kind of, I remember being at uh, the Community Shield right in 99, that's probably like the earliest one, no recollection of any Kerry game until I think maybe Munster in, in 2000, so yeah. Yeah, good times, good times to be fair. It's almost as if like there are those good times aren't going to keep coming. Well, that's the thing, it's, uh, um, I, I don't know, maybe uh, Don, you might be able to confirm that Owen made his decision before Kerry won the All-Ireland and this isn't like a, I can ride off into the sunset now, my work here is done. <laughs> no, it was done before the All Ireland. All right, but he was like he was like every cream and George. Um, uh, we were confident we were going to win the All Ireland. Oh. <laughs> Don't out me like that. I mean, the whole, the whole, <laughs> Thank you. Finally, I mean the, the the whole thing is that you know we're we're not supposed to win it. So this is yeah, you you pull yeah. back the the veil too much on on the Kerry Mafia and the inner workings. Of course, of which there is no mafia. Exactly, that's the first rule. They don't exist. Well, listen. Uh, thanks very much for being such good sports this morning and joining us and helping us to embarrass Owen, but also to show him that you know the love that he's got. Multiple families here: his his TV family and you guys at home. And um, thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Good luck, everyone. No thanks thanks you very much. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for coming on. Bye. All right. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> thanks for doing that. There you go. Ah, look. You know, good people. Yeah. Very good people, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, I'm biased. Yeah, that's people, all right. Yeah. You're allowed to be biased. Biased. Shane Hannon, good morning to you. Morning, lads. Sort of things. What's going on? How am I supposed to follow that? Maybe like, by listen. turn. Maybe by turning on your mic. <laughs> well, that would be a start. I would say, how is anybody supposed to follow the poem last week, Shane? Um, yeah, that was that was a nice touch. I should be. I should be with you now, very shortly. <laughs> very shortly, but not not yet. Very shortly, I get there. Uh, maybe I can replace him. Says Bill. Ha <laughs> ha. Are we there yet? There yes. Yet? Uh, no, I was just saying, how am, how am I supposed to follow that? I mean, yeah. they, they throw me in after your entire family has been on to say congratulations and, and farewell. Um, I do have a, I do, like, we can talk about anything else. And I know I'm here to talk about Formula One, but yeah. I have a tattoo here, Owen, on my ribs. Uh, from the, it's the handwriting of the last man to walk on the moon, Captain Gene Cernan, my own particular hero. 
as you know, big big uh, space geek. It's our destiny to explore. It was his it's his handwriting. So I interviewed him in 2013 over in Birmingham, and I said when he dies, because after uh, we we spoke and sat down, he sent me a, a photograph of him on the moon that said, "Touche, it's our destiny to explore." Gene Cernan, and I said when he dies, I'm going to get that handwritten on my on my body. Died in 2017, and uh, the rest uh, is on my body for the remainder of my life. But I think it's a nice mantra to have. And uh, I think any time you're, you're, you're in doubt over there and having a moment, I think you should think about that fact, that it, yeah. it is our destiny as a human race to explore. So Probably having going to have many moments. Uh, Tattoo in the ribcage is, a, is, a, is a painful one. Yeah, it's, it was, it was uh, a sore one, to be fair. You could pick probably more comfortable places to get tattoos. Some are, tattoos. Some are the fleshy part of the thigh. Well, yeah, you could do that as well. But uh, not that there's any easy place to get one. But uh, you, you'll probably come back with a tattoo, Owen. Hopefully, yeah. Like, I mean, I love tattoos, but I don't really feel like I'm a tattoo guy. So, like I mean, GMAC. Yeah, it's just there's a bit of, there's a bit of a, a distance there. Somehow, I need to try and close that gap. I don't know how. Well, you know, <laughs> some people have had some ideas on on our messages over the last while. <laughs> 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 how that gap might be bridged on your holidays. <laughs> some of the comments. I, I know you've you've gone through a few of the. Few of the comments. My favourite one from this morning. Uh, hopefully, you haven't. Don't get your yet. face tattooed. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Mike Tyson job. Shane will live on forever. I can't believe it. Want to run to you? Really can't believe this. <laughs> Some people are, are seriously emotional in the comments, and I understand that. You know, it's for those people at home who watch every day. On you're like a member of their family. You're in their living room every day, so or in their car. Yeah. Sounds creepy when you put it like that, but um, no, they're they're all big fans. No, they're. They're also kind of the, the feeling is very mutual. I think it's fair to say. Um, will we talk about some Formula One? That's why you're here, is it? Partly so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk Formula One. <laughs> we, we have to talk sport, I suppose, to keep people happy as well. Um, I mean, do we? Let, 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 people can decide. You can tell us tell us your favourite uh, Owen memories, and um, <laughs> if there's anything out there that we can dig up in the meantime, we will try and do that for you. Oh, it's seven nine one eighty one eighty is the WhatsApp number. Uh, you can get us on that. You can also uh, leave a comment in the YouTube stream or tweet us at Off the Ball. Um, are those mugs strategically placed to advertise that coffee brand lol yes they are right. well, well spotted They are. that is specifically why they are there secret uh, is out they're our friends at Brayburn they are our official coffee partner and we love them um, when in Argentina check out a tattoo artist called N-A-Z-A his work is incredible so maybe that can be your that's your, the guy your treat to yourself when uh, Argentina win uh, Stephen in Dublin 3 says at least a month ago I was thinking to myself on the way to work how much worse my mornings would be if Jer or Owen left OTBAM I'm sorry everyone I thought this into reality come on Stephen delighted for you <laughs> could you, you know share the lot of numbers with us best of luck Owen he says uh, good luck in your new chapter Owen uh, pleasure to listen to many of your shows over the years whilst on your travels will you be doing an odd vlog for YouTube be good to follow your journey He's going to become a content creator slash influencer and this will be the end of him in this format forever. He'll be like too big for us, you know. He'll be living on a, a diet of free protein bars and uh, cheap jewellery. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can get rich off like 500 views on a weekly YouTube video, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, nice. So, some people seem to manage it. <laughs> well, that is certainly the dream. Right. Tell us about the weekend. Crazy stuff. Yeah, it was it was quite enjoyable to watch. Um, it, it brought back a little bit of minor PTSD for me, lads, watching Spa or oh, yeah. Spas, as you would say, on of course, down in Kerry. Got rained off last year, right? <sighs> rained off. I mean, to pick to pick Spa last year as your first ever Formula One experience with a few mates. Um, we were thinking, you know, I, I, I took a lot of the blame for it because it was my idea to go to the Belgian Grand Prix in particular because I said it's always a great race. It's historic. So much. Uh, happens at, at, at the Belgian Grand Prix every year and it's just it's in the middle of the Ardennes Forest lovely um, 
region. I was chatting to John on, on Saturday's show about it and the fact that it's it's in the Ardennes Forest, that region. At least we got some World War Two history out of it. You know, if anyone who's seen uh, Band of Brothers, the town of Baston and different areas around there that, are, that were quite prominent in World War Two, a lot of fighting was seen in that area. But... Yeah, the, the day itself was just a complete washout. The rain, ironically enough, was one of the reasons I picked Spa last year because we it, it often makes it an exciting race. And then they cheated you out of the refunds, didn't they? Ah, like they said, what they were going to do was essentially um, uh, over a period of months tell us what our what our refund was going to look like, and then in the end, they just sent us an email that said uh, <laughs> everyone basically is put into a draw, and uh, a oh, few really? people will win tickets, free tickets for what for was next year. last week. So literally nothing. I mean. You know, five ten people maybe got got free tickets. It was it was a farce, but um, yeah, the day itself, I, I had three very angry mates with me that day, trying as I as I held on for dear life, trying to pray for a couple of a couple of laps and maybe the rain to cease a little bit. But it was, I still wouldn't put people off uh, going to the Belgian Grand Prix. Um, like, and it's been confirmed over the weekend to return for the twenty twenty three calendar. Some people were surprised at that. Might be a stay of execution for the for the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa. But for historical reasons, I love it, and I, I really wanted to stay. But I mean, three hundred sixty thousand people attended it there on Sunday, uh, which was a record for that race. And the traffic management issues around the spa, spa um, circuit, like I said, it's it's in the middle of the Ardennes Forest. Getting away from it back and back into whatever city you're staying in in Belgium is quite difficult. Like we we struggled. We were very very lucky in the rain to find a taxi after after a couple of hours. People were just trying to haul ass getting out of that, that area. Um, and and they, they said they had fixed those issues this year, but apparently the word on the, on the ground over in Belgium was that it was, it was as bad as ever, the gridlock trying to get out of there. There's even in the paddock, there's stairs that are known as this metal uh, staircase, the stairs of death. So just the, the, the paddock is, is a small enough area in the Belgian Grand Prix, so it's in two levels. And these stairs, I mean, teams and, and um, you know, crew members are having to walk up and down these death trap stairs all the time uh, on the paddock which is just un- unheard of and then there's the fact that in Spa you can't get from the VIP area and the, the paddocks and stuff without using a car and, and Formula 1 are very um, they have these sustainability plans they want to be an, an, a basically net zero carbon by 2030 and that's one of their things there'll be no cars to, to traffic crew members and stuff from the, from the course so Spa has its issues but as a as a as a circuit, it's definitely an historical one, and I'm glad it's on the calendar, even for for one more year. Um, the first thing you go to after an event like that on Sunday is just the beef between any two drivers that you can possibly find. <laughs> is uh, Alonso versus Hamilton the beef of the weekend? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, and and this is the I love when some of the older guys kind of touch on yeah. a track, like especially when it's Vettel or Alonso or Hamilton. Um, you know, because you know there's a history there. It's obviously not the first time it's happened between them. Um, and when it's on the first lap as well, and Hamilton's been going quite well recently. Like George Russell, um, his Mercedes teammate for, for for this year, has been Mr. Consistency. He's been getting all of these top five finishes, and again, you know, he finished fourth uh, in Spa on Sunday. But Hamilton on the first the first lap, um, and it's funny listening to the to the radio. And on, on Sky Sports now, we only get a certain selection of the, the car radio. We don't get a full picture, but we certainly get the highlights and the best bits. But um, so Hamilton essentially was trying to take the racing line behind Alonso, hits into him, and uh, I mean Hamilton's excuse was that uh, he was in my blind spot, I didn't see him, but the point was Hamilton should have and did know he was there. So over the radio Hamilton's giving it loads, saying that it wasn't my fault, Alonso is, is kind of, and I love seeing this as well in a Formula 1 race, Alonso's driving past him, waving the finger, and that's all they can do, that's his way of saying you were wrong, I was right. 
Um, and to be fair to Hamilton, uh, people love him or hate him. I've said him this show before, he is like Marmite, but as soon as he saw the interview or the, the incident back on, on camera in one of his post-race interviews, he held his hands up and said, OK, to be fair, that was... That was my fault. And that, that's a good sign from Hamilton as well, because maybe a few years ago he mightn't have done that. But Hamilton is a very fair driver. He's known as, as a driver that doesn't actively go out and seek, seek bumper car incidents, a bit like Max Verstappen maybe would have over the, over the, the years and been a bit more on the edge of a driver. Um, but I love seeing that stuff. Like seeing a little bit of Hamilton and, and, and Lonzo action. Um, it, it, just, it just adds a little bit of... An, like, and you want to see that at Spa as well, because the race itself was was a formality in the end like the, the big news ahead of the race and into qualifying and stuff was that eight drivers were, were essentially taking grid penalties there were engine parts missing and stuff and sometimes it's akin to, to footballers taking the yellow card ahead of a big game they kind of get this out of the way get the grid penalties out of the way um, so a lot of them took it at the Belgian Grand Prix it meant that ultimately Verstappen started from 13th position but he was so dominant in qualifying, I don't know how anyone wasn't predicting him to win the race, even from 13th. He could have started at the, at the back of the grid and quite comfortably have won this race on mm. Sunday. So does his dominance. So that's, that's kind of, it's worrying for the sport in some ways, but, but you can't take away from how, how great a driver Max Verstappen is. Um, I've got to ask you, the Monaghan job, uh, Ger Brennan is the latest and it looks like it's, it's his if he wants it. I think um, we're kind of at that stage of things. Obviously, the, the name has leaked out and they probably wouldn't have let that happen if they weren't mm. relatively confident that he's going to get it. So, um, very young, progressive manager who's going to be very in touch with the modern trends of the game, but inexperienced at this level. So, what's the, the word on the street in Monaghan? Yeah, like I, I'm glad to see an outside manager. Uh, I think after Banty, there was probably a need for an outside manager and possibly a need for the players as well to, to maybe keep some incentive and, and some motivation. I know there's a couple of players. Look, every county has players who depart year on year. There's word within the county that Ryan McInespy and, and Niall Cairns are two players who uh, could be off to Australia for, for a bit of travelling. Um, so that's two big losses for the Monaghan team next year. Conor McManus and Darren Hughes aren't getting any younger. Um, but, I mean, Jared Brennan is an interesting one. The whole process with Jason Sherlock and Brendan Hackett and Mark Cunahan was a complete balls-up. Um, and there's no, there's no two ways of, of, of avoiding that. I don't know why... They both, uh, and when I say they both, Sherlock and Hackett pulled out of the running. There's talk that, look, it, was the interview process done correctly? I don't know. I know there was talk that maybe they sat down with some players, either before or after they sat down with county board members. Um, the, the, the managers? As the in the managers the, or the, the, the selection committee? So Sherlock, Sir, Sherlock so the, the actual candidates sat down with, with players, which, which to me is a little bit strange. I don't think the players should have any say whatsoever in, in, in who the manager is. It's hard to know. You know, like it is hard to know. It, it, it well, maybe you give experienced players, and, and there's, look, there's Darren Hughes, Rory Begg and Conor McManus. There's players in that team like Colin Walsh who maybe I'd, deserve a say in some ways. I'd but like to hear what they have to think and are they going to come back? You know, are they not going to come back? It's... It, it's so fraught because so much politics is involved, as we know, from uh, the, the managerial selection. And like, uh, it completely dictates, in an amateur sport like this, it completely dictates how successful or otherwise a county is going to be for a long time. So, It's a funny one. And, and the fact that those two lads pulled out and then, obviously, Mark Cunahan was left as the only candidate and, and they didn't, they decided not to, to offer him the job. Like, Mark is a, is a fantastic coach. He has an unbelievable Gaelic uh, brain. Uh, relatively unknown outside the county I would say like he's the outgoing minor manager he, he taught me in school in fact in, 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 in St. McCartan's College in Monotown like he's a lovely lad but maybe they thought it was maybe a wee bit early coming out of minors straight into the senior setup. I don't know was that the thinking and not offering him the job but it just left a little bit of, of a bad taste in the mouth when someone is the last candidate standing and, and he doesn't get the role 
maybe they wanted a, a manager from outside, and that's why Jer Brennan got the call. Um, I'd be fascinated to see what Jer Brennan's backroom team is, because that's a crucial thing. Monaghan have had a very good backroom team, and Donny Buckley and the lads over the, the last few years, unfortunately, didn't lead them back into to winning an Ulster title. But he, look, he's cut his teeth with Murfield. Uh, I know they lost to Sarsfields yesterday, so maybe that's why the, 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 the story is probably gathering pace now, because he's probably clear to, to progress after the, the Gildare Championship exit. I assume it was a pre-quarter final, I think, with, with Murfield, so I assume that, that means they're, they're out of the running now. They won their, their um, they beat Round Towers, I think, last week in the relegation playoff. So I want to see, I want to see Jeb Brennan's backroom team, but he brings the name. He brings the, the, the you know, he, and, you know, he's done great things at UCD as well as the head of Gaelic Games, the two seekers and Cubs after such a barren spell. Um, and the players will all, will all know him. Um, and, and, and look, you, say, you mentioned the fact that he's had no intercounty experience, and, and yeah, that's right in terms of a, a top top role. But he's been he's been on the backroom team there with with Carlo and Ronald Carew. He's probably yeah. learned a lot of things. So very interested to see how that goes. All right, okay, uh, Shane, stay with us for a minute here. We have uh, the comments rolling in thick and fast. My favourite one here is uh, Hanoi Tripper. Why is Owen leaving? And Brian R says he's joining AFTV apparently. <laughs> Hanoi Tripper. Hanoi Tripper goes, what's AFTV? Brian R goes. Arsenal fan TV. Ah, okay, cool, says Hanoi Tripper. <laughs> a shame, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that would be uh, quite the quite the career move, especially after uh, the experience outside the Tottenham Stadium last year with my red microphone and a lot of Arsenal fans thought I was from Arsenal fan TV and uh, one Arsenal fan came up to me and he was like, put your effing stupid microphone away, you effing see you next Tuesday. Wow, Arsenal fans don't like it. Unbelievably, well, I wasn't recording. I wasn't rolling. I don't like film like strangers walking past. I do ask for (laughs) you know permission. Can I speak to you? And uh, that's that's how I was met because I thought they thought I had an AFTV mic. Of course, the Tottenham (laughs) fans were very generous. They're like, "Oh, look at this guy from AFTV." Let's go in. I didn't realise it was controversial with Arsenal. I thought Arsenal fans would just accept it as a thing that happened. Yeah, also Arsenal fans and AFTV. No, I don't think that relationship is is good anymore. No, no. Right. you make too much not. money off the back of it. All right. Well, I'm not. surely now everything is good. Everybody's loving each other again. No, but I think their view would be, oh, now you're back in the bandwagon again after you know making your money on misery. Yeah, but like they also helped to anyway. I I, I certainly think that I think that people are a little bit too too harsh on them. But yeah, uh, once saw owner the Folds concert says Cormac Dave Lee. From then on, I realised he was all right. Best of luck. <laughs> there you go. That's great the, band. The imprimatur of uh, impro- approval. Uh, absolutely gutted. He was a great addition, says Johnny Bananas. Favourite own, own memory came just last week when he interviewed United fans on the way to Old Trafford in the mass protest, says Dan Delaney. And then Anthony Ryan, mansplaining it to you. Owen should know that South America is huge and getting from one country to another <laughs> is expensive. I, I do realise they'd like throw away there as like World Cup final, Brazil, Argentina, tomato, tomato. I'll just flitter around wherever. I, I do realise I didn't give like due respect to the fifth biggest country in the world and the eighth biggest country in the world. I, I, do I have know to say big. to you, Owen, like when I was talking about Spa there, it did cross my mind that November 13th, Sunday, November 13th, the Brazilian Grand Prix, second last race of the season is in Sao Paulo, Interlagos circuit. Very famous circuit, a lot of famous, I think it was Massa and Hamilton in 08 when Hamilton finished fifth to clinch the world title. Uh, a lot of history there. Yeah. The, the Senna S after the long straight, so obviously Ayrton Senna, the famous Brazilian. Um, so if you're if you're in anywhere, if you can be in the Sao Paulo vicinity for mm. November 13th that weekend. I have it on a bullet point on a Google Doc for sure. I was like, these are the things that are Stick happening. Stick it down. Yeah. Yeah. Get to a Grand Prix. And that's the second last one. Look, the seat, the, the, Verstappen will probably have it sewn up by that point, but it's still a historic circuit and one to see in person, I think. Hey, nice one. Shaky Amo, not, not, uh, not going, not vibing. This is, this is the comment that, this, this is the stuff that I've been like hungry for this morning. This is possibly the greatest comment I've ever received. Good riddance. 
One less George Hook carbon copy to listen to. May the journey be long and one way. <laughs> now for the other one to find his inner peace and move on. Peace is spelled yes. P-I-E-C-E. So. Oh, where is Shaky Amo been all this time? Has he been like a hay watcher? And it's just he's finally been like, God, I can't hold it in anymore. <laughs> Thank you for your comment, Shaky Amo. Oh. I, uh, come, come to bad love. I can't say I'm getting angry on the internet. Oh, she's saving it. I need to tell him I think he's George Hawk. <laughs> made a journey be long in one way. That is, that that is harsh. I'm going to need that tattoo to my ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long in one way. Uh, that is, yeah. Some people want to watch the world burn, I think. Yeah. yeah. Owen Delaney says, OTB won't be the same without you. I want it to be significantly better. I think this is, this is a Badoom Tish. He seems to know you, though. All the best. You've come a long way from Gateway Student Village. Oh, Owen Delaney from Gateway. I do know Owen Delaney. Jesus, yeah. Um, yeah, bloody hell. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the message. Uh, uh, just because it's kind of like a what's the what's what's this picture? Oh, uh, this is it's, this is a picture. <laughs> this picture obviously needs context immediately. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Cole on the left. This there. is um, Catherine. Hey, Murphy it works is literally. Uh, <laughs> Catherine Murphy works for us. Sent me this picture. So when I was in uh, DCU, I used to do campus tours and uh, as a student ambassador. And Catherine Murphy was obviously there with her school on a campus tour and uh, at the end of the school at the end of the tour their teacher wanted to, uh, to get a photograph of them on the tour and she was like standing there for the photo and you were like yeah not too close though yeah <laughs> leave room for the Holy Spirit <laughs> <laughs> you look like a substitute teacher that's just started just cut his teeth he's very nervous but fair uh, I mean he doesn't yeah. he looks like his fifth year who's <laughs> yeah. stolen a DCU German jumper <laughs> and somehow like talked himself into giving a tour yeah yeah they were it was a great job, you know. It was like, uh, yeah, Catherine's standing outside there now. I'm sure, uh, sure she was scarred by uh, by the memory of me giving a campus tour. My mother's a big fan of, of Owen Sheehan. She's, she tunes hey, in mostly, look at this one. mostly to see you, Owen. That's also in DC. Yeah, that was in the Irish Independent. I think I think the headline I think the headline on that piece was yes everybody dreams of working abroad so and yet here I am whatever seven years later the irony yeah it's like this guy is clearly getting ready to emigrate <laughs> uh, when I was in my final year of college it's just, will you hold up two microphones there <laughs> will you do something radio based yeah Owen oh, two jags we called him Owen oh, two mics and then look it's the longest going away uh, of all time yes. fantastic today is the end. <laughs> Today is the end. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, right. Uh, we'll come back to some of those comments that are rolling in. 12, 12 minutes past eight. If you want to get in touch this morning, we'd love to hear from you. 087-9180-180 is the WhatsApp number. We're uh, going to take a quick break, but after the break, we're going to be joined by the New Zealand Herald journalist Gregor Paul as the pressure returns and resumes on Ian Foster. First, here's Kenny Cunningham with one of the all-time great goodbyes. Alan, oh, I'm worried about you. Sounds like you're having a nervous breakdown to me. Only gappy is you just take a year out and go travel the world. You're in your mid-thirties, stroke early forties. Nobody knows your age. I'm going to give you my number. I'm going to give you the number to the Samaritans. When you're at your lowest ebb, phone either one. I prefer you phone the Samaritans. Come back to us, lads. But there's no rush. Come back in one piece. Take care. OTB. 
AM. Right, it's 14 minutes past eight. The rugby championship has been tumultuous so far and none more so than the weekend just passed where Argentina finally got their first victory on New Zealand soil. And I'm delighted to say Gregor Paul is back with us. Gregor, we thought a corner had been turned, a, a tide had somehow shifted that all was well and had been righted in the world of the All Blacks. And then Argentina rolled into town and just punched them in the eye. What happened? Yeah, don't know. Did think that corner had been turned. Uh, didn't see that one coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. We were all labouring under this misapprehension that if you can win in Ellis Park, you're not that broken. Uh, it turns out we went right with that. Felt also the fact that um, the New Zealand rugby board uh, back Dean Foster after they won at Ellis Park finally came out and said, look, this guy, he's our guy. Uh, we're going to back him through the World Cup. Uh, Joe Schmidt came on board properly with a kind of proper position where he's hands-on with the team now. We all felt that this is it. They're going to suddenly kind of click into gear and be the All Blacks that we all know. And then once um, they went back to probably their worst performance of the year, worse than anything we saw against Ireland. Um, they couldn't capitalise on the pressure that they built, couldn't attack after they'd taken the ball out of a, of a very powerful set piece. Fell apart completely, and goodness me, here we are now. Argentina have done what Ireland did this year and won their first game here in New Zealand, and, and we are really struggling for answers as to what's going on. Yeah, we, we were certainly um, uh, having some conversations about, ooh, do we need to revisit just how historically great our achievement was that we went down and beat this New Zealand team of all teams? Because it doesn't feel like they're now... It doesn't feel like they're a successor to the great New Zealand teams of the past. What, what, what's the response been like amongst the New Zealand rugby public and the followers of the game, the, the, the professionals in the sport who aren't actually involved in the team? What's the consensus at the moment? Well, I think the consensus is if we don't get a victory this weekend, then, then there really are problems to be dealing with and the, the position of... Ian Foster becomes untenable because they cannot keep losing at the rate that they are, that they are. I think though there is probably I can't speak for everyone else, but I'm beginning to wonder. Uh, look, COVID. And this is not about excuse making for anyone. This is actually you know a realistic appraisal of what's happened here. Is COVID affected the world, but it probably impacted the southern hemisphere more than it did the north in that. It blew up rugby as we knew it in terms of competition structure. So the breakup of Super Rugby has been way more dramatic than it, than perhaps any of us have realised. Because um, if you look at the Southern Hemisphere results, while the All Blacks are having a terrible season, they're actually Ian Foster's results are actually way better than um, Jack Nienbar's results are with South Africa. They're way better than Dave Rennie's results. And they're way better than Argentina's results, although Michael Cech is sort of polishing that up a wee bit for them. But if you actually look at it, they're all four of them are really, really struggling. And they all struggled at the end of year two when they went up north last year. I'm beginning to wonder if it's going to take them a little bit longer to readjust to life with it, with Super Rugby not being what it was, with the South Africans playing up in your part of the world. Uh, our guys here playing just against the Australians and the and the Pacific Island sides there's probably a little bit of, or maybe a lot, of long-term damage that's been caused by that. And it might take the whole of this World Cup cycle for the Southern Hemisphere guys to, to really find their feet again. That's a really interesting theory because, like, you know, you guys obviously had a much more 
strenuous lockdown than we did as well. Uh, ours was bad, but yours was brutal. And um, maybe we're just seeing that wash through the system, which I guess would give you some sense that actually this too will pass, that um, those competition structures will hopefully get better. Maybe, maybe the, the South African teams going from Super Rugby is actually a terminal blow to the ability to dominate, but certainly you would expect things to improve over the next 6-12 months. Yeah, look, I think so. I mean, I'm not, you can't park it all on COVID and say, well, it's a competition breakup that's the problem. That's not That's not true to say that. It's certainly been a problem and it's probably going to take them a little bit longer to work their way out of it. There are other issues, clearly, that, that they're having to deal with you know, such as we're not sure at the moment whether all of the personnel on the field for the All Blacks are the right guys anymore. Beginning to wonder whether one or two or maybe even three or four of them have maybe just passed their best and there's a failure here to recognise that, to move them on. Um, I, I don't think that the All Blacks have been particularly good at um, rejuvenating, giving younger players opportunity to come into the team and play. You know, we saw that with Ireland when they were here, that you know, they were quite happy to take uh, the opportunity to throw younger guys out onto the field to give them game time. And that's clearly worked for them because it's put pressure on the incumbent guys to raise their level. And, you know, Ireland went home with a lot of questions answered about the 30-odd players that they took here. They got a really good feel for it because they were brave enough to give them game time. We haven't seen that in New Zealand yet. They've, they've kind of stuck rigidly by, you know, Whitelock, Retallick, um, Sam Kane, uh, Bowden Barrett, these guys have been dominating the game time and we're beginning to wonder whether um, not all of them are the right guys to be on the field at the moment. Um, the coaching ticket, right, the, the uh, injection of Joe Schmidt into it seemed to be one of those decisions that a board makes and that that conversation is now over. But as you say, lose again next weekend and all of a sudden it gets it gets reopened. It kind of has to be reopened if they were to lose again back-to-back to Argentina. What would the alternative be here? Well, the alternative is kind of ground zero, really, uh, and that's wiping out pretty much the entirety of uh, the coaching team, including Joe, uh, the management team, um, probably a handful of senior players because the the, the only alternative is to go with uh, Scott Robertson, the highly successful Crusaders coach. And, you know, his vision for this team is to blow it up. He thinks it's broken. And he thinks that the whole thing from, you know, um, head coach down to um, Masseur, that just needs to be cleaned out. And he wants to start again, which comes at uh, quite high risk to make a change this late in the World Cup cycle. It comes with a lot of expense. It comes with a probability that for him, to build his coaching team, he's going to be pulling a lot of head coaches out of Super Rugby, which means that next year, you know, Super Rugby is going to be difficult for for a number of New Zealand teams if he puts together the coaching team that he wants. But at the end of it, you kind of look at all those risks against, well, can the All Blacks really be sitting on a 25% win ratio, which they are at the moment for the last eight test matches, um, against the cost and the risk of um, you know what what Razor wants to do with the team, so that's what the board are going to have to weigh up. And my feeling here is, if we lo- if they lose again, um, going ground zero is by far and away the better option. Yep, it'll be traumatic, it'll be expensive, it'll be high risk, but it has to happen because it, we've reached a point where it cannot be any worse. Do you know what I mean? We've get, we've reached the point where you, you kind of have to make a change because. 
you're of the view here that if you don't, where are New Zealand going to be in the World Cup? Well, you know, if we if New Zealand had to play Ireland in a quarter final at the moment, well, who, who do you think would win? Like, it's really interesting that the New Zealand rugby came out and I, I guess essentially backed Ian Foster before these tests with Argentina. Like, does that speak to maybe? A lack of respect shown towards Argentina, where they were like, "Okay, we've we've ridden out the worst of this summer now. We've we've played South Africa. We've got those two tests. It gets easier now." And obviously, it didn't. Uh, no, look, I, I don't think so. I think they they pre agreed. Um, the end of the South African series was a was a juncture that they pre agreed at the end of last year. They would they would have a, a a reset moment of looking and reviewing about where they were. So no, I don't I don't I don't necessarily believe that. I think. Um, they've been reluctant to make that. You know, they only had a, a seven-day window from getting back from South Africa to reassembling to play Argentina. So you had to be a little bit careful about that. If you're going to make a lot of changes, you're going to do them really, really quickly. Like I think we've talked about this the last time because the the critical thing that happened here is that Joe Schmidt was persuaded to take a, a more significant role with the team, and that persuaded the board. Look, if you if you look at what you know, where where did Joe coach predominantly in the Northern Hemisphere? Who are the All Blacks going to probably have to beat to advance in the World Cup? Well, we know they're going to play France in the pool games. Highly suspect they're going to play either Ireland or South Africa in a in a quarter final, and then probably looking at it, potentially get England in a semi final if they get that far. And who knows, probably France back in a final if they keep getting that far. So you look at what Joe understands. He understands Six Nations rugby. He he built Ireland teams that, that knew how to take on France, how to beat England, how to beat Wales, how to beat these Northern Hemisphere teams. And that's what's been missing in New Zealand's diet because of COVID. They haven't really had that exposure. And probably while he's been out of the scene for a wee while, he, he presumably still has a little bit of insight into how Ireland is set up and how they're playing the game and, and the players and the weaknesses and strengths of the players there. And if you think, well, they're probably on a crash course potentially to play Ireland in a quarterfinal, Joe becomes all important to them because he brings that that intel, that insight that, that, the, that the current setup just simply doesn't have. So once he agreed, that really pushed the board into a position of saying, well, anything that's got Joe Schmidt in it, any coaching group, is the one that we want to go with. And look, my understanding is I don't think Joe was willing to work necessarily with anyone else because he felt a loyalty to Ian Foster, who you know who'd invite him into the team and who'd give him the opportunity. And Joe, as you guys will know, is a man of principle, and, and I think that's how he felt. He wasn't willing to to you know, to work anywhere else other than with this group of people that had invited him in. The Scott Robertson uh, template for blowing everybody up from the Masore to some of the senior players. How do you? How, is that public? Has he said that publicly that that's what his vision for the future would look like? Uh, no, I don't think he has. I think that's uh, uh, we're kind of assuming that. I shouldn't have said that quite as boldly as I did, but I think he, you know, he 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 wants to bring his own people in. He wants to be given carte blanche to to set this team up the way that he does the way that he wants, rather. Um, and, like, I think there's a feeling that many many observers have is that, that you know, you, you've got some management in that people in that group who have been there for 18 years. And there is a feeling that some of them have been there too long and it's become a bit stale. 
and that yeah you can you can play around with your coaching team but but the but the kind of rot and I don't mean that quite as offensively as it sounds but the, you need to generate new ideas new energy new ways of thinking not just in your coaching team but all the way down through that through that management staff as well so I think that's been Razor's um, view from from day one is that, that that's where he wants to go he wants to start a game with his people I didn't realise he was quite so public about his ambitions to uh, coach at international level. He says he wants to win two World Cups. He's going to be 52 by the time the next one rolls around. So he's open to offers from other countries. It was a real kind of, look, it's now or never for you guys if you want me to take this gig. Because if you're going to put Joe Schmidt in and they go to the World Cup, then it looks very much like Schmidt will have at least a lead when it comes to being the coach next time round if uh, the current coach was to go. So you can see why if you're England, you're having chats with him. You can see why if you're Wales, you're having chats with him. You can see why you're like, okay, this guy is like one of the greatest coaches that we've ever seen. The innovation that's coming off his team is absolutely phenomenal. The skill level, the the absolute dedication that his players seem to have for him. The ringing endorsement he gets anytime one of his players speaks publicly about it. Anything Ronald Gara has ever said has been like, I just picked that guy's brain. You're like, okay, he's he's available at the moment. It's yeah, it's mad. It's look entirely mad, and uh, the timing is, is going to be unfortunate for New Zealand if they don't do something uh, proactively about this. Because you're right, you know, Razor uh, made a smart PR move by basically saying, look, uh, one way or the other, I'm going to coach an international rugby team. I'd ideally like it to be New Zealand, but. If that's not available, um, look, come and get me because I want to be at the next World Cup. And I would imagine that uh, a number of international teams who will already be thinking, and England probably probably number one at the moment, who probably know for certain that Eddie Jones isn't going to be their coach in 2024, be thinking, jeepers, I know we want an Englishman. I know they've said that publicly, but, hey, this guy's on the market. Um, I know he's a Kiwi, but he's, he's a bit of a genius, Look at his results. Look what he could do for us. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if England get you know start talking to him now and put a hard offer in front of him February, March next year. And if you're Razor, what do you do? You get a hard offer from England to come and you know play around with the the you know the best resourced uh, international team in the world. Look at the players that they've got and the potential that they have. And he'd be looking at that, going, "Wow, they're going to pay me this amount of money to come and, and coach this team against." I don't know what New Zealand are doing. I don't know whether I'm even going to have a chance at being the all-black coach after the World Cup because maybe they've already offered Joe the job. Maybe they keep Foster on. I don't know what's going to happen here. So gut feel, Razor will turn up on your side of the world, be it with England, be it with Wales, possibly Scotland, who knows. But he's not going to stay here if he gets offered a job that he's certain about. Uh, and it happens early next year. Unless, of course, something happens this weekend that blows things up again. Yeah. but I You mean, can't see Argentina winning back-to-back tests, can we? Is that possible? Well, you know, if you asked me that last week, I'd have said no. You're asking me that this week, maybe. Who knows? Like, I, I doubt it. It's very difficult to see. I mean, you'd be really, really kind of worried about what on earth is going on with the All Blacks if they cannot bounce back to win to win this week. I mean, they should have won last week. They, they, the bizarre thing is they actually dominated Argentina's scrum. They crushed it. They dominated the line-out. They were winning the physical battle for the first 40 minutes 
but they couldn't score. They couldn't convert the the pressure into points. It was very un-All Black-like. You know, the one thing that we'd expect them to be able to do is the kind of pass and catch part to finish off what they started, but that was a bit that they couldn't do. So they looked they looked the wrong way around. They, their power game was outstanding. That's the bit that we've said, well, we don't think they've got that part. And Ireland exposed it, and France have exposed it, and England exposed it. But all of a sudden, you're like, oh, they fixed that bit. And then they couldn't do the other bit. They, you know, they couldn't pass, catch, run into space, and, and use their inherent innate rugby skills. So that's confused everyone, going, well, what's what's that about? So, uh, look, I think what will happen this week is they, they will they will play a much more conservative game. They obviously beat Argentina up physically last week but couldn't finish it off. I think that's where they'll go this week. But but find a way to, to not open the game up at all and just, you know, they'll score through three rolling malls uh, and a scrum pushover and they'll win the game in the ugliest fashion possible because they need to to take the pressure off the coach. How much pleasure did Michael Checker get out of beating the All Blacks last week <laughs> what do you reckon yeah he loved it and look great to have him back coaching because he's, he's never dull he's always fun uh, always compelling and like he, he would have enjoyed that moment he took he took the opportunity to put a bit of a uh, to kick the All Blacks when they were down a wee bit by lavishing praise upon the Crusaders because uh, he was asked about Pablo Matera, who'd, who'd been out here this year and played for Robertson at the Crusaders, and lavished praise upon him to say that you know he'd been um, the the real factor in turning Matera into the player that he is now, and that was quite nicely done by by Michael. He, he knows how to niggle the, the New Zealanders quite well. And uh, look, um, he, he's actually look. You, I would keep a wee eye on Argentina. Uh, they're travelling pretty well. They, they thumped the Wallabies the week before. They've beaten the All Blacks in New Zealand. Um, yeah, they're, they're traveling pretty well, and, and he's quite—he's a, a coach that tends to get a lot out of a team at, in the early stage of him arriving. Um, so they could be picking quite nicely by next year. Yeah, yeah, and you can see short-term impact of a coach. You know, we saw it with Razzie in the last World Cup cycle. Yeah, there's there's plenty of evidence for the New Zealand board if they're like, well, we have this other guy over here who, you know. Are we gonna are we gonna lose them forever? So look, we'll wait and see. It's been a topsy turvy, really fascinating championship so far. Great to have you back again, Gregor. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. It's Gregor Paul giving us some thoughts there on the situation in New Zealand, and we're obviously very interested in this uh, a year out from exactly what's going to happen. Uh, right, I want to do competition. The Premier League is back. We've teamed up with one of Europe's largest sports events, ticketing and hospitality companies, Champions Travel, to give you the opportunity to win a two hundred and fifty euro Champions Travel voucher each day this week. They can be used on Premier League match trips as well as a host of other sporting events. Daily winners will be entered into a grand prize draw where one lucky winner wins a trip from a selection of Premier League games with flights and two nights accommodation included. To enter, all you have to do is tell us who is this very famous Scottish football manager. I became a manager. You can- um, I'd been a player, a decent player. When I became a manager at 32, I thought this would, this would be easy. You know, I was thinking about other managers I worked for and certainly, and I thought, yeah... I lost my first away game 5-2. Things worked out okay. It was He did find it pretty easy in the end. You can tweet us your guess uh, on our main Twitter account, which is at Off The Ball. Uh, I think you all know who that is, but tell us who is that and tell us uh, on Twitter, at Off The Ball. Now, here's Niall O'Toole and Mark Lawrenson. Say hello to Owen. Hey, Owen. Here the boys are putting together a video for you. So I decided to send you something that started up me you wouldn't have seen before. 
the other side of Ocon Street Bridge. Wider than it is longer. For stats there, so I'll give you a look there. Loved it. A little bit of a stat there. Up and down here. Wow, I've never seen that. Are you gonna like go swimming by this boat now, Jerk? Yeah, well, he's gonna rescue me. There you go. Not good. Just in life and limb, definitely risking being dodgy gone. Cheers, buddy. Fantastic. Have a great trip. Brilliant. Uh, that's um, some setup there from Nilo Tool. You did, you did give that one away yesterday. You were like, I know, what's sorry. Your, what's your favorite video so far? Yeah. I, like, yeah. Nilo yeah. I, thought he, I thought he played it on Friday because it had come in. But anyway, that was very that's good. That's class. Thanks, million. We've got Laro next. Hey, Owen. It's Laro here. Um, I see you leaving off the ball for a while. It's the old um, travelling the world and then coming back. Well, I hope you've got a job when you come back, pal, because you know what? Once somebody takes over and they're successful, we may never, ever hear from you again. <laughs> but there you go. That's the chance that you take. And you're going to South America. Mm, be careful there. You know what happens in Medellin and all those kind of places? Very, very difficult. <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, we'll miss you. Have a great trip. Have a safe trip. And we should hear you on the airways when you get back. Cheers, pal. So, Mark. Yeah, thanks for that. Good good life advice from these people. You should have yeah, tapped yeah. into this. You know, if only you'd known you had access to the wisdom of these people all along. Yeah. Hey, listen, I need a bit of career advice. What should I do? Don't go travelling. Yeah. You do. But yeah. if you do, stay away from Medellin. Yeah. I do want to hear how you get on in Medellin. It's on your list, is it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah that, that is some good life advice from, from Mark Lawrence in there. I might just do a U-turn on it now. And finally, Anthony Moyles. Hey, all. Short message just to say, best of luck in everything that you do from now on. It's been great working with you. You, uh, It's been a hard stint every morning, at whatever time you had to get up at, uh, to sit there and listen to Jer and the rest of the the team pontificating but you did plenty of that yourself so no better man uh, it's been a privilege to work with you and um, I hope everything goes well for you in your future endeavours and uh, in your travels so as the sun sets here in JFK New York it's a perfect setting to say goodbye as the sun sets on your OTB career hopefully it won't be the end of it and I'm sure they'll want you back at some stage anyway Best of luck. Thanks, on. Talk soon. Uh, that was very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, there's just it kind of feels like you know summer is coming when Anthony Miles is in on, in studio on a Monday morning. You just kind of feel there's just something in the air. It's like we're just we're getting going here now. Did the split season force your hand a little bit? Like you'd be leaving now, All Ireland semi final, second All Ireland semi final last week. We'd have three week build up to the football now. Uh, yeah, it did to be honest. But uh, I think that once I kind of thought that it was uh, that it was something I would like to do, there was probably no point in dragging it out and uh, and waiting until January or whatever. Uh, like Desi Farrell's sitter against Kerry in two thousand and one, Owen, you'll be missed," says Steve Lane. This show is one of my favourite things, and you were a big part of it. We do not know where we go from here, <laughs> especially Jer. It's true, we don't know where we're going from here. Uh, Hanoi Trippers back saying check it deserves some credit it was a great win by Argentina also trashed Australia last game it's true uh, Memory Warrior wants to know where was Kenny was he in the waiting room of the dentist he was actually in our office <laughs> yeah it was in our office yeah uh, not the most uh, dramatic part of our office but um, Kenny's was you know heartfelt touching also good advice yeah absolutely we're gonna, gonna miss the uh, Christmas gift guide with Kenny 
that's that's a point in viewing in November or whenever it's going to be uh, Shifty Lads who's been a regular commenter and with us from the very start says I've been unwell since mid-19 I've gone through hospital chemotherapy surgery Covid and more but every morning at half past seven I consistently watch on YouTube thanks Owen thanks Jared too for helping out mm, that's a very nice message it is very nice mm. you forget that yeah you know um, people form habits and they listen and well, we don't forget because we get comments from them and we're, we see that there are huge amounts of people listening and we don't take it for granted at all but uh, you, you know you have become part of people's lives on <laughs> yeah you're going to miss them ah 100% and they'll miss you too it's 8.38 this morning time for the papers I'll just do the papers away. <laughs> oh, that's a, this is on brand. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, it, it does say no need for interesting, which I've just <laughs> I've just read. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> uh, they put Emma Raducanu on the front of the London Times, even though she's not playing until tonight. But I think that's to tell everybody that they're playing. Andy Murray's on the back because um, Andy Murray won yesterday. Uh, Roy McElroy is saying uh, screw the Live Rebels basically he has no time for them and no sympathy and it's going to be hard playing with them at Wentworth Wentworth uh, back page of The Sun can you get it signed Conte plead to Harry over New Deal Harry Kane famously did a really bad deal with Spurs last time and they trapped him yeah and they, they couldn't uh, he couldn't go when he wanted to go if you were advising him now, what would you advise him? Well, what's the sorry? What's the current deal? The deal is like a, the deal. I think he might be getting paid less than Luca Dean. Is he getting? Is he on one hundred and eighty grand a week? He might be. He might be on a bit more. So twenty twenty four. Is that am I right in saying that? Did you see Ross Barkley's deal was, was cancelled yesterday? Yeah, Ross yeah. Barkley. It said in the papers. Now I don't know how true it was. He was on two hundred grand a week. Oh God! Difficult to get motivated. Would, it's, I would find it difficult to get motivated on 10 million a year guaranteed 5 years thanks very much yeah yeah that probably explains it like I mean obviously started very well at Villa and uh, and things probably went downhill from there but yeah like um, it's it, it's the, the the constant I presume conflict in a lot of those players heads is that you know you've, you've made your money yet uh, and you, you don't like, necessarily have much to prove when you put to paper on a contract like that but at the Harry Kane thing I, I guess this is going to ratchet up over the next few months because at the end of this season it, it might well be the last opportunity for, for Tottenham to cash in if that's what they want to do uh, if they want to let him go at some stage I'd say he wants to stay he wants to have that record, record he wants yeah. all the records and so he's getting there is a hometown discount that they're getting from him Anthony's going to get you a new boy set for debut that deal is done and everything is is grand uh, Spurfect 10 Conte this is the moment to hand Harry a new deal I think he's happy to stay it is if you're Spurs it's good business to tie him down and you can sell him if you want to uh, Rovers Euro fine after incidents. Rovers fine twenty one grand by UEFA, sixteen of the fine for throwing objects, and five for an invasion of the field of play. And Eric says, "Thank you, very Dutch." As he lands Anthony and takes spending two hundred and twenty five million. But the Glazers are the worst owners in football, aren't they? Definitely the worst owners ever. More evil than the Daleks. I mean, the Daleks are fictional. Rory can't live and let live. That's the headline on that piece there. Uh, window smashers and the point about uh, Fafana is going to take Chelsea spending over 200 million uh, in this summer window as well. 230 million euro they'll have spent when they signed for Fana. Back page of the Guardian is Andy Murray as well. Tuchel insists Chelsea need signings before window closes. Tuchel's feeling himself, but obviously, you know, like a, 
uh, won last week, then they were not good the week before against Leeds. Yes, we can. Conte wants a new deal. And Quinn praises Pow over her rape revelations. This is Louise Quinn. Has hailed Vera Pow's bravery for going public about being raped as a young player in the Netherlands, saying it will help a lot of people going through the same thing. The camp are, uh, the Ireland um, team are obviously in camp at the moment ahead of the game against Finland on Thursday. And we'll be previewing that in more detail uh, later on in the week. Um, it is 8.42. John Duggan is with us. John. Jared Owen. Owen, you're a great colleague uh, the trip of a lifetime. And uh, I want to commend your professionalism and your, your brilliant humour and what you've added to this show. So, look, you'll be back and just have a brilliant time. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Um, it's, uh, the feeling is very much reciprocated. Good, good. No, no, have a great time. And, uh, you know, send us a few photos from Argentina. We were um, talking about this uh, the other day, but uh, one of my first work experiences in, uh, in professional journalism was actually with uh, John Duggan of Today FM Sport. Oh, right. Uh, this what was uh, 2013. So I'll tell you what happened. This had, this had uh, long-reaching consequences on, uh, on my personal sense of pride. Nothing that John Duggan did, of course. It was a different member of Team OTB, which we'll get to in a moment. So went in, uh, Today FM kindly let me in for a week of work experience. John watched how the Today FM sports team did their thing and uh, you know I mean you got to fake it till you make it so I put that's that, why you ended up on News Talk yeah exactly. I put that line on my CV you know that I'd like worked in Today FM and um, you know it may, maybe maybe it didn't pay off in the end but I remember sitting in one of my first ODB meetings and Nathan was there and Nathan recognised me from my week in Today FM and he outed my fake it till you make it mantra and he was like oh yeah you were in Today FM for like two days <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. So you lied on your CV? No, I didn't lie. I, didn't just, I just didn't put down a duration. I remember Nathan saying that at the time, and I was like, wow. He remembers. You can't get away with anything in this business. Yeah. Can't get away with anything. At least someone was doing d- d- uh, due diligence on the CVs. <laughs> uh, Owen Escobar Sheehan, who'd have thought it, says uh, Bri R. The two Sheehans. Uh, <laughs> best of luck, Owen. Don't forget to bring the Kerry jersey. A lot of people asking how many sports events are the Kerry jersey going to be at? Where will it? What's the highest point? What's the lowest point you're going to see? Will the Kerry jersey see the whales? What's going to happen? We will. We will wait and see. Uh, all the best, Owen. Your Japan Rugby World Cup 2019 was legendary, and you did a great job getting us through lockdown. Go sow your wild oats. And then it's the tongue out emoji from Stephen Fraser. Hope to hear you again not too soon. I did always. I remember going on J1 and everybody like talking about sowing wild oats. I was like. It feels vaguely, you know, uh, elemental, shall we say? Yeah. I mean, like, you know. And is, is it not meant to be? I don't, I, I, I didn't take it as agricultural. I took it more as like, it's like people are talking about you, you know. Yeah, I'm literally Googling the, oh no, I, I mean, if you if you Google, uh, saw your wild oats, me, me, meaning, it, 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 the, it says, have many sexual relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, right. I thought that you were it was just you who was taking taking that. No, I mean, and me, obviously. Yeah, I'm, it was fairly obvious, obvious, but like, oh, yeah, oh, you'll be the like, Barry Lyndon of South America if, if you get that reference. I, have, I absolutely don't. Too long. I never watched it. <laughs> it's an amazing, amazing film. Is he, is Barry Lyndon a, a noted? Uh, he was more like a ruffian who kind okay. of you know conquered the whole British establishment, and then it all went wrong for him. But um, yeah, he was a he was a he was a rogue and a character. Owen's interview of Limerick Tom Ryan is his finest hour is Tom Owen's replacement oh that'd be such a good idea He's, uh, you couldn't be, leave the farm though too busy on the farm that's it John you've got a new, a new slot for us your debut well, I, I, just, I just, just gave it a column an idea of our producer Colin Boohig earlier on uh, the three Tuesday takeaways from the Premier League so um, my first takeaway is that Erling Haaland is hotshot Hamish I don't know if you remember him 
uh, Jar from your days of reading Roy the Rover's comic book. So Hotshot Hamish was a six foot ten Hebridean uh, blonde uh, Scottish footballer who Aryan Master Race uh, echoes now that you mention it. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> you can go there. I won't. Um, uh, he would always burst the net with his shots, and he was just like uh, Erling Haaland is a beautiful monster who is just going to probably win the Champions League for Manchester City. I just have loved what his attitude has been like the last few games. You can even see Guardiola so excited about him. He's going to take away uh, defenders because they're going to be, be watching him like a hawk uh, for any moment in the game. And that's just going to create space for the other City players. Now, City haven't been brilliant defensively the last two games, but um, early in Haaland, I've, I've really loved him so far. So that's the first takeaway. The second one is that I love Richardson. Um He is a shithouse. Uh, he is a rogue and he is a sumptuous footballer. Um, I kind of really found the, the, the keepy-uppy stuff really, really funny. I know he got clattered for it, um, but I found it kind of funny, even though Jimmy Carr didn't seem to like it. And I, I just kind of saw the humour in it. And then, then the, uh, the ball to uh, Kane for the, for the second goal was, was beautiful. And I actually think Richarlison's presence is unsettled son. The son, his brother is playing at the moment, not son, young men, um, young men's son. He has not started the season well for Spurs. So... Uh, Brazil looking good for that World Cup, if you ask me, with the way Jesus is playing, with the way Richarlison is playing. Obviously, Lucas Paqueta now has gone to West Ham as a record signing. He's been in their Brazilian team regularly. But Brazil have a lot of talent, and I think that they're going to go very far in Qatar with uh, Chichi as their manager. Uh, the third takeaway is that um, Stephen Gerrard, as Mick McCarthy very eloquently outlined last night, is in trouble. And there are three better English managers in the Premier League than Lampard and Gerrard. And those managers are Graham Potter, Steve Cooper and Eddie Howe. So if there's a debate around the future England manager, uh, if Gareth Southgate ever leaves, I think you'd be looking at those three uh, as a starting points rather than Gerrard and Lampard. It's obvious there's an issue with coaching at Villa. Um, it doesn't seem to be the happiest camp. And um, they just look disjointed. You, you can only watch from the highlights or whatever you can see, but um, they've got to turn it around quickly because they spent an awful lot of money, Aston Villa. And I know you're a fan, Jer, but uh, I don't really know where it goes from here. Uh, I don't know either. Um, Scotty Parker's gone. Yeah, breaking news. Bournemouth can announce the club as part of the company with head coach Scott Parker. They've said in a statement just released. Um, yeah, it's just uh, your regular statement after that. Basically, you know, talking about progressing the club and the team as a whole. And hard, uh, isn't it? They've, uh, what's going to happen to the jacket? Acted quickly. You have to retire the jacket to the wardrobe. Yeah, the, the stripy jacket. I wonder what's going to happen. So uh, Gary O'Neill taken from charge of the team. I'll be assisted by uh, Sean Cooper and Tommy Elphick says the the statement. What did they expect? Mm. Not, Maybe not nine nil. He, to be he, fair, he's been cha- he's been challenging the, uh, the the club's hierarchy like like wow. uh, in interviews. He did that again after the nine nil. So like, not much we can do until, unless we bring people in. Maybe that was a step too far for them. You know, uh, interesting for Mark Travers, obviously. How many managers have been sacked in August? Usually, usually they get to September. Uh, did Frank de Boer make it out of August? I don't know. Didn't Spurs? When did they sack Nuno? Three games in. Uh, no, it was a bit more than that, actually. Sacked 1st of November 2021. Was it? That late? Wow. Okay. Doesn't seem Took that them a while. Doesn't, Frank de Boer seem. might have got six or eight games, didn't he? It's right. I think it's only happened a couple of times that it's been August. It's not actually that regular at all. But it's interesting because I was speaking like last week that Brendan Rodgers was two to one on to be the first manager to go. So, uh, But they've been leaking goals like a sieve, Bournemouth and... Uh, when you're thinking about the teams that go down. I don't know who the other te- two teams were going to be because Fulham and Forest have started well. So I don't know who the other two teams are going to be. Obviously Villa. Uh, 
It's not It's not quite the usual statement here. Uh, Maxime Demain says, oh, blah, 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 gratitude, oh, promotion is great. However, in order for us to keep progressing as a team and a club as a whole, it's unconditional that we're aligned in our strategy to run the club sustainably. We must also show belief in and respect for one another. That is the approach that has brought this club so much success in recent history and one that we will not veer from now. Our search for a new head coach will begin immediately. That's a real... He didn't get the memo. And he wasn't accepting of the memo. And so we might we might be going back down. But, like, don't tell everybody that we're throwing it away. Sean Dice for Bournemouth. Oof. I mean, I mean that, that would be sustainable. Yeah, where, where will Pochettino end up? That's a good question. Don't know. Don't know. Is he... Aston Villa? I don't know. Is he candidate for Villa? I'm not sure. Like, uh, he might be. Has Poch's magic and mystique worn off to the point where he has to go back to somewhere like Villa? And would, would he get an international job? Would he end up like Roberto Martinez in an international job of some repute? I'm sure, yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of Martinez, like is the Everton gig a possibility for for someone like Poch? You know, with all due respect, feels a little bit bigger than the Villa gig. Um, it depends on the money. It depends on the. Mo- it isn't though. I think the, the the club needs to be in a stable. I think so. Fo- stable. Not at the moment. The club yeah. needs to be in a stable footing in terms of its. Villa have the billionaire owners who can, mm. who just bought Everton's best player yeah fair to, to be, yeah that is well, that's pretty until cool. they actually missed Everton's best player who was probably available at the time for anyway John alright lads take care of yourselves more from John Duggan on Saturday afternoon on Off the Ball on News Talk OTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish today obviously the Premier League is back it's competition time we've teamed up with one of Europe's largest sports events ticketing and hospitality companies Champions Travel to give you the opportunity to win a 250 euro Champions Travel voucher every day this week that can be used on Premier League match trips as well as to host as well as a host of other sporting events. Daily winners will be entered into a grand prize. One lucky winner wins a trip from a selection of Premier League games with flights and two nights accommodation. To enter, all you've got to do is tell us, who's this very famous Scottish football manager? I became a manager. Um, I'd been a player, a decent player. became a manager at 32. I thought this would, this would be easy. You know, I was thinking about other managers I worked for and certain, and I thought, yeah... I lost my first away game 5-2. Tanter, all you got to do is tell us on uh, at Off The Ball on Twitter who is that. Now, it's time for our final episode of Owen's Tenure here on You Had To Be There. You're so unexpected. Is Tony McGregor afraid of you all? Of course he is. You had to be there. While second place Cork City visit Galway United. You had to be there. It's a perfect place for a draft. 150,000 people here. Oh, you had to be there. So in our production meeting, I had come up with a list of uh, five you had to be there. But we're not doing that, Owen. It's your final day. We couldn't let you away without playing the hits. Oh. We have five hits. Nashville is definitely coming up here, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you, this is this is buried deep in the recesses of the OTB AM vault. But there was, there was a period of time once where crossover fights were a big thing. You know, like Jake Paul, the influencers... <laughs> Uh, that kind of stuff oh that, that, that took off and you you could have been one of those you could have you could be doing pay-per-view now getting concussions yeah for hundreds of millions if you just just had followed through do you know what like I'm not sure is there more you want to say first before I just like no you go for it I got an email off TMZ that week being like will you do uh, an interview on our uh, platform 
and I was advised not to do it until the fight had been announced. Oh no! Was that and, was that also did they advise you not to do it? Yeah. Was that me? I'm there sorry. Was, it wasn't you. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not, Adrian Barry. No, 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 no. no. It must have been Nathan Murphy. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. And uh, obviously, obviously, the it didn't happen. Oh, you got to. Uh, Corvidal says. Never turn down the opportunity to have sex or appear on TV. <laughs> and that is advice you must live your life by, particularly as you're gone on holidays now. Yeah, yeah. If you can was, get on TMZ, you got to take it. It was mad. I, like, the Irish Sun uh, did a couple of brilliant pieces throughout it. Like, Barstool Sports had it up at one point, And, like, I was getting messages of people that I vaguely know from America being like, we just appeared on Barstool. And uh, that was that was pretty, pretty wild. Let's have a look. Achievement unlocked. Even as they say, but he's been back in the gym... Pow reads the Snapchat pencil on this pad work uh, at the Boxing Academy there. And he posts up a, a video of said pad work. You'd kill him up. I think you'd take him. No. Genetics, though. No? No. <laughs> could, we, could we go with Tony McGregor and fight no one in blue car boxing? That would raise fight a lot of boxing. money. <laughs> Would you fight him on? I would totally fight this guy. Would you? Yeah. I'm calling him out right now. Tony McGregor. <laughs> Look down the lens zone and tell him you're coming for him. Pad work is kind of terrifying. Uh, one more video. Uh, more pad work, I guess, is how we'll lead us up. No one gives me coinage. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, in case you were ever wondering what makes Conor McGregor so great, there's your answer. Right, happy days. So, are you calling them out? You want to just do it down the lens? That, no, that's. I'm not, not going to. Do it, Owen. That, that pad work kind of scared me, guys. So a minute ago, you speed. said you could take him. What? A minute ago, you said you could take him. Yeah, I would, but. <laughs> then wanna, tell him you take him. I want to spare the poor old man's head. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, it didn't stop there, though. Uh, that went further. Do we have another clip of this? No, is that. Is, is that no, okay. We actually, there was a, a fight video made and then a fight poster got made and he accepted the challenge and then you were in the sun. It was like, and uh, I hadn't realised it had gone all the way to Barstool, but mm. unfortunately the fight didn't get made. Do you think he would have killed you? Yes. Yeah. Because we were going for like, it was supposed to be like a... Was, this was real. We were getting down to like venues and stuff. And Yes, yeah, that, that's why I was told to hold off and doing the TMZ interview because we could have used that to uh, promote the actual fight when it was um, done because uh, it obviously be a massive platform and online viewers or whatever. So that's why I was told to hold off. So there was reason to it. In retrospect, uh, you get it out on TMZ and then they check back in on you when the thing is announced and yeah, they check yeah. back in again and it's like... Yeah, that, that would have been the, the way to do it, but... Um, that's not how it happened. It was supposed to be Valentine's Day. Remember, it was supposed to be the Valentine's Day massacre. And I think it was like it was just before Christmas, maybe. Because I, I remember um, going to Berlin around that time in Krakow and I burst my face open uh, around that time. <laughs> so I remember thinking like I have to get back and actually train. I've got like three months. This is going to ruin it. As yeah. I realised uh, with like, you know, like a triathlon a couple of years later and stuff like that, three months even from a, from a base of zero is not enough to become a finely tuned athlete it turns out uh, number four is the Mayo documentary we're just going to play this in full we'll come back to you uh, on the other side of this it's only a minute and 30 seconds but it's literally the greatest thing that we've ever ever done on any of our platforms in the 20 years that Off the Ball has existed this is the high watermark enjoy you're welcome along to Elvery's McHale Park here in Castlebar, where Mayo GEA have called an emergency county board meeting. Now, media are not permitted to attend that meeting, so you might be asking yourself the question, why am I here? Well, to be honest with you, I'm asking myself the same question. 
So the emergency meeting is taking place behind those doors at the moment. Rumour has it that there is a shoot-on-site policy for any journalist that enters the room. You may have thought Ross Kemp in Afghanistan was something, but this is way bigger. Going into that room right now for me would be like living in the German Democratic Republic 35 years ago and trying to hop the Berlin Wall. A rather startling discovery here in McHale Park. As you can see, a lot of sand here on the back of this tractor. Where do you think this sand came from? That's right. It came from the graves they've already dug for the journalists at the back, those journalists that they find upstairs. So that right there behind me is where the meeting is taking place. You can see a little bit of light peeking through the curtains. But if you're a journalist who walks into that room, light will never peek into your life ever again. So we're here at the shop, and it turns out that controversially, Elvery's McHale Park only stocks yellow snacks. Where are the pink snacks at? Clearly the best snack. Also controversially, the shop is closed on what is one of the biggest nights in Mayo GEA's year. Couldn't catch me out though. Bring your own food ahead of the game. And I knew it would be an extra long meeting, so I've gone for a Twix Extra. Absolute 10 out of 10 chocolate bar. This was very good. You're allowed to laugh at your own stuff. Ah, no. Uh, that, was, that, was a, that was a fun night. Um, yeah, Mick Burns after that as well. A particular highlight. Um, I'm trying to think like what else kind of happened there. It was just, it, it was, it was just I can remember just being very cold and very lonely and one of the county board officials like invited me up to like a separate office to go and have uh, tea and sit down in the warmth and I was like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to take me away. But actually, I think he was just trying to be nice and... Yeah, I think I tried to doorstep a few people from the county board that night, and they weren't they weren't having it. There was there was actual journalism done as well. Actually. What was what was, what was was it the end of the Rochford era? Was it the end of what was going on? It was 2019, so this, the restart of um, the Horn James Horn had just done one year, and it was over the uh, benevolent uh, fundraising. Oh, okay, that okay. Was, that's what it was, and right. there was calls as a result of the fundraising to uh, try and oust the county board right. and there were heads that roll after that for sure and maybe there's still like a little bit of uh, ill feeling uh, to this day I imagine there'd have to be a bit of ill feeling to this day if, if heads roll so um, it was a fairly turbulent time in Mayo and I think that was just Nathan's idea to send a reporter down there there was somebody from one of the local papers I do believe there as well who just popped in for a bit and was like screw this there's something happening getting out of there but I wasn't driving at the time so and I was staying down there for the night I was like what, am, what else would I be at like I'm just going to stand here and, and wait for things to happen um, Your uh, food review videos was something that comes up all the time in um, feedback for your uh, high, high water mark and uh, best moments and stuff um, I don't know if there's any specific food in Japan that sticks out for you yeah, the one that like one that I didn't review was um, a fish scrap soup, which um, is, is as bad as you might have expected. Like the food there was obviously unbelievable by and large, uh, but I remember being like, "Oh, that'll be a fun thing to review." And once I looked at it, I was like, "No, I'm just going to get in and out of this place asap," and it didn't even make it to air. There was there was nothing, no it, content. It looked so gross, and it tasted so gross as well. I did I did have a few spoonfuls, and um, it was bony. Okay, so it, that's on the cutting room floor. One of the things that wasn't on the cutting room floor was when Kean Healy visited us oh in the studio. God. Have a look at this. It smells amazing. Yeah. Tommy was asking me to drink uh, some of the barbecue. Have a taste. We go for it. We go for it. We, we can cut this out afterwards if this doesn't go, go well. You know? Oh, you're slugging. Mm. Oh, go for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so did I. That would have been a way better idea to just put my finger in. I actually just drank a bit of barbecue sauce. Um, eyes are watering, but it's amazing. How are you? 
<laughs> How are you? <laughs> like, it's a high bar. Like, but that's one of Take the most, this, like, how, how are you? One of the most awkward things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> that is really saying something. That is just like... Oh, you're going to drink it. <laughs> and then you actually drank it. <laughs> and then you're pretending you didn't. <laughs> that time I forgot I had fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and then the interview just proceeded as normal. And yeah. like I'd say the whole time your innards are like, well, maybe I should have had some steak with that. Yeah, like imagine what... Like, <laughs> Keen Healy goes out to the press guy afterwards. So how was the interview? <laughs> yeah, Weirdo. totally normal. <laughs> Biggest freak of all time. Yeah. He, he likes just a slug of the barbecue sauce. I don't know if that's going to help sales or not. <laughs> it's good barbecue sauce. It was very good barbecue sauce. Yeah. Must be said. Yeah. Um, you left that open one in the office in the studio for about a year afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. It, it lay there as an artifact to, to the majesty of the moment. I think it was right before the World Cup as well and I was like I've got to actually you know uh, deal with these people on a fairly regular basis it's like (laughs) they were like oh here comes Barbecue Sam (laughs) Uh, yeah so is that was that where your food review started was that where you actually Um, I don't know possibly the food reviews was uh, that was an Adrian Barry kind of um, that was his idea I think I think there had to be just an extra bit of content or something out there Um, the team that parties and bonds together stays together is the the other adage that we've uh, largely ripped off from other sports um, you know we all grew up on those uh, legendary nights out drinking that bonded teams together and made them stick forever and some of our best nights out ever would have been at the Imros for example oh my god this is, you're not going to do this are you the, the PPIs and here's the thing right um, John uh, commended Owen's professionalism and literally he has always shown up Every oh time gosh. he has been asked to show up, he has shown up and has always, always at least delivered something on the day <laughs> when it was. A, there's no video for this. It's just audio. This is a sports bulletin on News Talk in, I don't know what year. 2016. You knew, right? Oh, I know exactly what this is. This is. Have a listen. Starting with soccer and the Ireland squad will hold a run out later today ahead of their World Cup qualifier against Moldova tomorrow night. Shane Long is expected to take part in the workout at the match stadium after shaking off the knock he suffered during Thursday's win over Georgia. Jeff Hendrick meanwhile will also train with the squad. The Burnley mid- midfielder has travelled to Moldova despite being suspended for tomorrow's game. Meanwhile, the Ireland under-19s are also on the qualifying trail. They face Gibraltar in their Group 4 clash today at 1pm. Later tonight here at home, the two top sides are back in action in the Airtricity League Premier Division. League leaders Dundalk host Sligo Rovers in Oriel Park, while second place Cork City visit Galway United. Both of those games will kick off at 7pm, <laughs> while the action to the City Calling Stadium gets underway half an hour later, as Longford Town host fourth place Derry City. In the First Division, Limerick Very will entertain Drada United <laughs> at Markets Field, trip. where there's a half-five kick-off, and Cove Ramblers entertain Cabin Teeley from 7.15pm. In rugby, Connacht defeated <laughs> Ulster last uh, night in the first of this weekend's inter-pro derbies in the Guinness Pro 12. Pat Lambside registered a bonus point on their way to a 30 points, a 25 win at the sports ground, which saw Ulster suffer their you first defeat of the through. season. Yeah. This afternoon, this the focus switches to the Aviva, where Leinster and Munster will renew their rivalry for the Guinness Pro 12. Yeah. Kick-off at the Aviva Stadium today is at five past two. Meanwhile, in golf, Ross Fisher leads the field by a shot at the start of the third round at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. The Englishman was 
resumes from 11 under par this morning. Shane Lowry is the best of the Irish players and 5 under par, just ahead of Graham McDowell. And finally in racing, there's action today in Limerick and in Ferry House with both tracks staging 8 race cards. The McMahon's Monster Mile Handicap is the big prize on offer in Limerick, where the first race is off at 10 past 1, and the opening race in Ferry House is at 5 to 2. For News Talk Sport, I'm Owen Sheen. That was enthusiastic. That was enthusiastic because I just made a true bull and without uh, making a complete... Woo-hoo. It's actually a lot better than I thought it, it would is, be. It is, it is. So I've never is. listened back to that, but I do know that there was audio there of me... Um, yeah, just basically still up from the night before and didn't quite realise what the Imrose was going to be. It was my first Imrose. I know Nathan's waiting outside. I remember him uh, driving me down the night before listening to your interview with Lance. Oh, uh, that year? Yeah, right? it was, it was uh, that year. So that was like, it was just, everybody was on such a high, I think, on that Friday because it was like genuinely one of the, the best interviews off the ball I'd ever done. And uh, we, I think there's probably, a, was there a show in maybe or maybe just like, Joe just won of his million in rows or something like that. There was good news on the night anyway. And uh, it was a very enjoyable night. And I remember coming in the next day. And How Jer- did you get back here? So I got the train. But the thing is, the train uh, works were actually under uh, maintenance. So I actually had to get off a bu- and hop on a bus at Nace or wherever in Kildare it is. And Luke. get the bus into uh, Houston. So that was bad. But I remember uh, Jerry Tracy, who's now working with Virgin Media Sport, was was working on the Newstock Sports Desk as well or the Today FM Sports Desk, whatever it was beside me that morning. And the way she looked at me this morning, that morning, I knew I was in trouble. Like she was like, "Yeah, do you just want me to read for you? I can just do your bullets." That's very kind of her. Yeah, and you're like, no, "Nah, she, I'm going to brazen this out. What yeah. could go wrong? Uh, what could I, I'm here now. It's true. Not well. I, th- I think again, as I say, uh, the best ability is availability, and you made yourself available for selection that day, as you did to you know, uh, and you uh, saw kindred spirit when there was a reporter looking for some drunk people. You volunteered, <laughs> and maybe this was the birth of everything. Uh, here he is in Nashville, Tennessee. It's a perfect place for a draft. 150,000 people here tonight. 150,000 people. What an amazing town. The perfect environment for a draft. It was in New York for what? Two million years? And now, now they finally Two came million to Nash- years. Now they finally came to Nashville. That's our Uber right there. Would you like to see him uh, stay here? Yes, of course. This sure, place is sure. the perfect place for the NFL draft. Every pick got a cheer, except for Roger Goodell. My absolute highlight of lockdown was when we reunited everybody from that video. And, yeah, uh, and you surprised we surprised I'm, you. I'm going to meet that guy in a couple in next week. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to meet Brett Brent Romanda <laughs> next week. He is uh, he's based in Austin now. I'm going to try and go to University of Texas game, and uh, yeah, he says he's going to try and meet me beforehand. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get a ticket, but um, I'll try and meet up with him. And yeah, I, again, just one of those mornings that it was just full of the fear. Like, what tickets do you need? Tell us now. I need everybody out there. Get your write this down. Stick it out. Tell your friends what tickets do you need? I, I would like to have a ticket for the University of Texas against Alabama. They're playing on Saturday week. It is obviously a very very big fixture. Tickets are uh, very very uh, kind of hard to get and expensive. And yes, of course, I shot my shot and tried to say that you know I work for a media organization. Give me accreditation, and it was met with a hard no. So uh, I've tried uh, the, the media avenue, but um, games on in Austin games on in Austin yeah yeah. Um, also check out like Lance's little coffee shop and his bike shop and yeah might actually pop in there see see what the crack is there but yeah uh, if anybody has tickets let me know right get him get him tickets come on you can do that you're watching this morning you can definitely get him tickets for that someone somewhere knows somebody to get him in maybe even to a box who knows it's uh, nine minutes past nine a reminder OTB AM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, OTB Gold today is Colin Gooch Cooper at 1 o'clock on Sports Radio. Mount Rushmore is Kerry 
It's all Kerry themed today. Classic Game Club, Kerry versus Tyrone, 05. <laughs> OTB Gold is Dennis Ogimoran. Willow Callan's in the hot seat tonight and Will's going to be joined by Fintan McCarthy reflecting on his latest win alongside Paula Dunham in Europe. Philippe O'Claire is on about the Paul Pogba saga which is absolutely incredible stuff. Fiona Hayes will reflect on Ireland's tour of Japan and Dan McDonnell is on the football show. Make sure you follow us on uh, YouTube and um, do you have your own YouTube? Uh, I do but I've got no videos on it. Okay, so don't follow that yet. No, definitely don't. Uh, all right, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And make sure to download the OTB Sports app. After the break, it's the return of Nathan Murphy, who has the honour of being Owen's final guest. OTB AM. Right, it's uh, eleven minutes past nine. Binge ninety says, "I first started listening to OTB AM a few years ago, doing rehab post shoulder surgery. Owen and Joe are a large part of keeping me sane and getting me back healthy. Fair play, Owen. Thanks a mil and enjoy." Shifty lad had you going, didn't he? Oh, one hundred percent. Like it's. Uh I'm very, very lucky that this is like a studio with like bright lights and all that. So you're very much um, on edge and very alert. Whereas um, it'll it'll probably hit me when I'm when I'm not in here. Whereas the truth is, you're tired and emotional. Oh, absolutely. Where, but uh, I think Shifty Lab managed to break through even the um, the lights are on sort of setting. There is someone home. It turns out. There is. Uh, Nathan Murphy has joined us. Nathan, how are you? I'm all right. It's a bit of an emotional morning, isn't it? For an awful lot of people, I think, as Shifty Lad said, you know, you wake up. Most mornings, I see Owen Sheehan's face before I see my own wife's face. That's a bad habit where I turn on my phone first thing when I wake <laughs> up. But uh, generally, Owen Sheehan is there, staring back, saying something somewhat witty. Uh, and now, now, now I'm going to have to get used to something new. But uh, yeah, I think all the uh, tributes are uh, fully deserving. I've uh, sat across Owen for many years in studio. I was laughing listening to his post-Imro show uh, because we were in the car on the way down very late because, you know, we had to put the finishing touches, as he said here, Lance Armstrong interview, saying we probably have to play a little bit of catch-up. And I think Owen did a little bit too much catching up. And uh, while I was very professional, did you have to rush off that year, Jer? I, I wasn't oh, there. Yeah. You weren't no, no. there? No, no, I wasn't there. Okay. I wasn't there. Uh, I we were doing the news round on the Saturday you, afternoon. None of you were around. You all had left. Uh, Lance, Lance didn't happen until quite late in the afternoon, and you'd already. No, I was not. I was. I, I was literally standing in the studio Lance. watching. Oh, did you? I put Lance. Wow. First. In Jared's head, you see, only one person was involved. Oh, in I thought you were all like, yeah. Yeah, like no, nobody else had anything to do. Play, it was all me, baby. All me. Yeah. All yeah. me. Seven like, JP were in the box for sure. Right. Nathan was there as well. We're obviously a very professional organisation, but there's nothing more glorious than when you're sitting in studio at ten past one on a Saturday post Imro Awards and you're staring at Owen Sheehan and you can. Well, you you were on as well the next day. I was pre- I was presenting. Oh, I got ah, the train. Oh, we have to get a clip of that. No, I was I was I was actually okay. I was somewhat for once uh, somewhat professional, but it was totally overshadowed. It's that key thing of you know you can be as hungover as you want as long as there's somebody worse than you in the room. And Owen Sheehan was most definitely that person. So I think we prolonged the news around for as long as possible so he couldn't make a dash from the studio yeah I learned a lot from that particular experience it turns out um, radio journalists kind of take things too far all the time yeah like today like today exactly. what a time to leave what a time to leave Kerry All-Ireland champions mm. Arsenal top of the league mm. Ireland women's football team about to qualify for a World Cup yeah in Australia yeah. Ireland favourites for the Rugby World Cup now that everything has gone to shit everywhere else it's next year though well I couldn't help but notice his timing I'm leaving for one year he will return exactly just as the Rugby World Cup is about to get underway, you can't play. You can't go back. The drunken fans in France are, are not going to be wary of the drunken you. fans in Japan. They'll you don't be, think so? They'll be putting it on like the second or third season of uh, Big Brother. Just didn't work. Well, we'll see about that. It's only one way to find out. Uh, what are the drunken fans like in Australia? Limo three, four, five. They're the ones you want. 
I'm devastated Owen as a fellow carry man I'll miss you doing the yerra-ing on behalf of us all all jokes aside you'll be a serious loss to all our mornings best of luck Kiriabu uh, <laughs> when is Jer off in his travels one down one to go <laughs> like the last Lord of the Rings the two should go together in a blaze of Ivamek and flannel shirts go fund me page set up for Jer to leave shaky Amo's back again um, I'll give you I, the, you're the one person I will give the digits in my bank account to shaky Amo if you do set up a, a go fund me <laughs> Uh, it's amazing how uncomfortable all the love is making Owen just make sure New South Columbia don't swoop in with a big money offer enjoy well deserved says Brother <laughs> 3 it is funny how uh, how uh, cloyingly Irish male this whole thing is where it's like yeah yeah, yeah it'll all be grand yeah did well yeah yeah fair play to you oh, well done on you go I'm just come back in one piece so, so the wild oats and come back <laughs> yeah it has been probably the disgustingly uh, Irish male to be fair but um, what was the highlight Owen oh that's a good question I, just waking up every morning and walking into the studio yeah and yeah faces. Um, great answer yeah it's hard it's, it's hard to know like I mean it's when you, when you get the opportunity to like cover a rugby world cup it's very hard for that not to be the highlight and I say that like specifically to that sport because you did rugby world cup in 2015 you've got all this time between Quite the same success story <laughs> you've got all this time between games people need a full week of recovery and you've got like these kind of the, this build up to the weekend Ireland seemed to be playing every weekend maybe did one or two midweek games and uh, the midweeks were kind of like obviously a lot of press conferences but also time to like actually do different bits and pieces with your time in what was a pretty interesting country and it was for a long time it was like six weeks in the end um, I kind of regret coming home early, as early as I did so I, like I should have just stayed on holidays for a while but um, it is what it is and uh, like yeah that, that's that's my <laughs> he all nodded it all the way through to the, the plane as well that was um, that oh was, yeah 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 that was good trip. Uh, Hanoi Tripper I've been following OTV from Sydney I love the show guys thanks Owen for all the great work good luck with future endeavours we might see you in Sydney at some point Hanoi Tripper uh, Declan 1000 uh, says I always listen to OTVM during my morning run I'm worried my pace is going to drop off listening to Just Jer happy trails Owen and the last one for now best of luck Owen on your big trip I watch you and Jer most nights down here in Melbourne I love the show all around the world yeah, that's that's. I think, to be honest, the last um, week or two, that that sort of stuff has actually been completely um, mental. Seeing just any sort of amount of nice messages, because um, while I just said a moment ago, you definitely feel like you're in a studio and you're definitely on. It doesn't feel like that half the time as well. It does feel like you're just having a chat with your mates, which was uh, just the way it's tended to be, rather than actually broadcasting to people. So it's somewhere in the middle there, I guess. Uh, Adrian Barry, good afternoon, good morning to you. I thought this was uh, Nathan Murphy. I can see uh, he's the only one I can see in camera here, and I can see that he's slightly eating away at him. That he's getting no time to talk about Rory or Mayo. How how selfish of you! Oh. It's all right. Listen, I'm I'm able to you know be second second in command here. <laughs> uh, you should have taken that lead on a Friday morning. Sometimes maybe giving him a bit more airtime, and he might have been going. <laughs> It's a lot of, uh, lot of like. I mean, is this a particularly touchy time for the company? Is it? <laughs> I didn't think so. I mean, it turns out it is right. Yeah, his exit interview was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Adrian. Uh, good morning, T. I've enjoyed this morning's show. It's been uh, it's been great. I think maybe the highlight is Owen saying to his family, "Thanks for coming on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was awkward for me. I, I thought I was just not good at any of this sort of stuff. I think um, like it's amazing because the the we, the Brian O'Driscoll goodbye comparisons have been made, obviously. But like at least Brian O'Driscoll was leaving forever and was like never going to be heard of again. Owen's coming back in a year, and also on top of that, he's already agreed this morning that he's definitely coming back number one, and he's going to do like 
is it a daily blog or like a weekly blog? Oh, we're going to be hearing from you all the time anyway. So it feels, that feels like, like a disinvitation. No, no, it's not. It's absolutely go not. And, it's absolutely. Go and stay away. Um, yeah. um, I've also, I'm looking at, listening to some of the comments this morning, I've enjoyed uh, the viewers, as George has pointed out there, taking the opportunity, not just to give Owen a pat on the back, but to give the rest of us a kick in the arse. Um, that's that's really uh, impressed me over the last while. Um, but on a, a serious note, I would say that, like, uh, to repeat a lot of what has been said, um, Owen's been, he's such a pleasure to work with. The word gent has been used in almost every um, tribute to the man, and uh, I couldn't endorse that enough. Uh, I will also miss the fact that everyone is so impressed. Everyone's always so impressed by Owen. The least impressed uh, is Owen himself. So I hope that when he's off on his uh, jollies around the world for a year, that he gets a bit of a chance to reflect on um, what a decent fellow he is and to be able to take a compliment to be good as well. And of course, Owen, you know, I'm going to miss our mutual, our two mutual loves, Paddy O'Shea and Fred again. So, <laughs> And Friday morning, on ODBAM, of course. Here's she home and we can, uh, we can discuss all that when you're back. Of course, 100%. Um, on the gent point, I should have mentioned this earlier on when I was talking about Pat Coffey, his taxi driver, which was my first attempt to make on cry this morning. But uh, <laughs> when I was talking to Pat recently, he did say that uh, when they had a car accident, they got uh, sideswiped by um, some joyrider at like seven o'clock or at half six uh, in the morning. Uh, Owen stayed with Pat and explained exactly what had happened to the ambulance people and to the guards as well and made sure that everything was looked after properly and Pat said like you know he didn't really expect that from somebody and then Owen came in and did the show that day as well just to kind of show you exactly really we should have said no go home take it easy but we were like uh, 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 are you okay instead of like sending you home but that Pat made a point of saying that you stayed with him and uh, and looked after him so that's literally nothing at all. But yeah, that was like, I mean, if you go back and listen to that, maybe that's like a concussed morning on OTBAM, like <laughs> the, the drunken one after, after the Imros. That could be just as entertaining. Like, go ahead. One of the other things that could have made our list today, Owen retiring, Joe Canning or not, will never be forgotten, yeah. says Vincent Spillane. Oh. Best of luck on the journeys. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty... I wasn't here that morning. What, what exactly happened? Uh, I interviewed Joe Canning and asked him, was he retiring? And he basically said, I haven't made my mind up yet. And the, then, the print journalists half an hour later and retired to them. And the press wow. release was actually already written. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in the inboxes. It was like that Roy Keane story. He's like, I'm not, I'm not signing for you. What? what? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, best of luck, Owen. You'll be missed on the crappy quiz. A lot of people wondering about the, the power rankings and what's going to happen to them. All of this is, is to be decided. X Factor style. Yeah. Over the coming weeks. Yeah. Have you, the Glen, have you mentioned the Glen Sound story well, we, on oh, air? Oh, no, no, come on. So, obviously told this, I, I was kind of like put on the spot last week uh, in the boar's head and like, obviously didn't have anything to say. So I just kind of remembered like one of my uh, favourite moments working here. So, uh, you know, everybody here has been very good to me, uh, to say the very least. And they've given me loads of opportunities. And one of my first opportunities was to report on GEA matches at the start of 2016, I think it was. So I was doing carry matches. They'd give me the radio equipment and I'd go down somewhere in the country and I'd, you know, uh, bring the, the equipment back into work. And uh, I was uh, coming into work one morning from the north side, got on Dublin bus and I was sitting downstairs and I saw one of my mates walk upstairs. So I went upstairs to, to join him, have a chat with him and uh, came back down the stairs, left the radio equipment on the bag rack 
in the bus. Radio equipment, of course, uh, famously very, very, very expensive, probably like half a year's wages. Uh, go, go into the office for a while and I'm like, oh, God damn it, I left it on the bus. No worries, I'll get onto Dublin bus. And they were like, no bother at all. They'll be driving back to the city centre, hop onto that Dublin bus and get your Glen Sound back for yourself. And sure enough, when I got there, it was gone. And uh, I had to go to the guards, report that this thing was missing. And they actually managed to find CCTV footage of a man near East Wall, uh, taking the massive Glen Sound off the uh, uh, bus and walking away with it. So there is obviously uh, a pirate radio station currently somewhere in East Wall using state-of-the-art radio commentary equipment after what was, I'd say, my first or second gig to tell the lads here that I'd gone upstairs and left my radio equipment unattended on a Dublin bus. Uh, I genuinely thought my career was over. Adrian Barrett is now. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Oh, I, I stood all over your punchline, sorry. Not the first time <laughs> that's happened. May well be the last. Adrian, what, I think you might have been his boss last stage. One of the best decisions you ever made, not to fire him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, what Owen isn't aware is obviously there was, you know, high-powered meetings uh, in the aftermath of all that where we were uh, we were throwing all that up in the air. I was amused when he retold that story about how he was like, oh, there was an insurance person in the, this insurance man um, in the room. Yeah, he I was, I was realised the time was one of his colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> They were just making sure that he hadn't actually yeah. stole it for, you know, whatever, yeah. himself. I was, yeah, I was I was uh, remarkably uh, taken aback by how sound everybody was about that thing, because that was just <laughs> terrific. I, I think Joe Malloy started calling me Glenn for a while after that because of the missing uh, Glenn sound. It cost about five grand. It's fine. Yeah. Oh Adrian, last word to you. Is there anything else you want to say? No, listen, good luck on. Um, I'll be talking to you uh, down the track and really looking forward to hearing from you. So do you're you're in this classic mode now this morning where you're like you're saying yes to everything. Yes, I'll be back. Sure, I'll do weekly updates. And then once you get in that plane, you'll be like, screw you, whatever. And we'll never hear from you again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but no, like, I mean, this is this is an opportunity for me to tell you what, how amazing you are as well. Right. I mean, this is uh, it's just, uh, like something that I want to do. I'm, I'm glad you brought Adrian on the line because uh, I, I vividly remember my first opportunity with with off the ball and news talk was uh, a coffee with Jer and Adrian when I was in, I don't know, second year of, of uh, college. And um, I, I, it went well, started started to pick up a little bit of work. And I remember I was going to go home. Uh, for that summer that year uh, to work in a hotel in Killarney or something it was the summer of the World Cup and uh, Jer here at the table made every single effort to ensure that I got enough shifts in this place uh, writing a live blog no less to the millions of people who read that covering the, the World Cup day in day out so I could actually afford to live in Dublin and I could actually afford to try and uh, craft out a bit of a career before I actually finish college and without that happening I don't know what would have happened like I mean in the Irish that picture you put up earlier on of me in a radio studio as I said I was like everybody wants to emigrate and that was very much the plan I was like this thing can never work out this show that I've listened to for my entire life this thing will never work out that I could get a full-time job with them if like as a researcher or whatever and sure enough it happened uh, a few months after that and there's no chance it would have happened without that day with uh, with Adrian and Ger and, and the opportunity they gave me and there's a million other different things that I could say that that kind of mark out how brilliant the two lads are and the third man in studio as well obviously as well the uh, uh, I would say almost uh, one of the best lads at giving an opportunity to people and I know that other people in this company would absolutely attest to that especially when it comes to getting your first opportunities on air Has and all Colum, that sort I of stuff I got to the studio there while I wasn't looking I didn't did what? the column slip in the studio there while I wasn't yeah. looking <laughs> um, so yeah no just I couldn't say uh, 
brilliant enough things uh, about the, the the three lads here in studio and I'm going to absolutely forget anybody who uh, isn't in here but like a, a special mention to everybody who's like worked on OTBAM down through the years I, I know we've got Colm and Ken uh, inside in, in the box right now two brilliantly talented men obviously Colm's come in on the back of Tommy Rooney the Mead Hillbilly and has done just brilliant things with this show as well two phenomenal producers and then sitting at the other end of the glass uh, post-Covid now on the Vision Mixing Machine is Emma Carroll who is the absolute beating heart of I would say Team OTB let alone OTBAM at this stage and like there's just no chance uh, we would be I guess able to talk to one another if it wasn't for people like them because it's um, they do all the hard work and we do the very easy thing which is talking absolute nonsense day in day out like the, the, the likes of people from, from Jojo to, to Peter Malloy and, and everybody who, who's worked behind that class they've all been amazing and they've worked on this specific show I know that if I start uh, broadening it beyond the show it'll just get to a point where I'm going to start forgetting names but there are so many people that are genuinely brilliant who work for this company as well and I've spoken for quite a lot of time there I've just realised That was very good though yeah well done thank you very much Owen um, uh, I think a feeling has always been mutual from the very start uh, what people maybe don't fully appreciate is that when we started OTBAM it was Halloween 2017 was it and uh, you were the uh, first one of the first hosts we also had Tommy Rooney I think who we can uh, pull up here as well um, and Morning. I don't know if you were familiar but outside a lot of the noise was that's the stupidest idea of all time what are those <laughs> clowns doing what have they they're investing money in an internet video that is we all know videos failed but here we are with like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people watching live every second and then uh, 700,000 listens every month on podcast and uh, we've built an entirely new show there's no way Owen that we would have done it without you yeah yeah I, I don't know if that's true to be honest but I definitely know that there is um, yeah I was trying to think about the other day I was like would I listen to 23 year old me on a morning breakfast show I'm not sure I would so uh, apologies to anybody who had to go through that I'm not sure I listened to 28 year old me either to, to be fair um, yeah just the, the sort of unbelievable level of uh, imposter syndrome which definitely still exists but just doesn't exist as much as it used to and for uh, lads like Jer and Tommy to actually be uh, so unbelievably encouraging when uh, I was a lot shitter than I am right now at what I do, maybe still shit, but just a lot shitter at what I do, uh, was absolutely uh, remarkable and just, uh, just just brilliant, two brilliant motivators and uh, like uh, no idea is a bad idea except for a couple of really, really bad ideas and <laughs> that sort of thing. Like I, they were always mine though. Yeah, well, I, I should have probably kind of like pre- prepared something more to say, but I just couldn't couldn't speak highly, especially of the, the, the two lads, Jer and Tommy, like when... Uh, when this show started it was like holy crap what, what is this thing how long is this thing going to last and uh, maybe it speaks to like a negative mindset but I think in the back of my head I always kind of knew that I, I would uh, maybe go travelling or something like that but I assumed that I would get sacked or I assumed the show would go down the toilet like the, the new morning TV show that I'm now uh, half of I was like surely I'm not going to I'm going to be responsible for the, this thing going absolutely <laughs> terribly and I was like at that point then or when I get cancelled or something like that I will then go travelling and it is kind of it is heartbreaking to actually be like oh things are actually going well and I still want to, to scratch this itch and uh, I feel very um, unappreciative and very stupid to be to be doing this but uh, oh, no. it's done now Tommy good morning to you morning guys Owen Jean. you're not a man of few words but you've kept that close to your chest over the last little while that was absolutely beautiful but do you know what I have such respect for you for what you've done over the last number of years it's not easy getting up and putting your neck on the chopping block every morning, chatting, 
Jared might be rising you. You might be rising Jared. You never know where you guys' uh, conversations are going to go some mornings. Um, it's incredible what you've done over the last couple of years and what you've done with OTB AM and off the ball. And I know you mentioned uh, the trip around Japan. Like That was absolutely incredible, the coverage you brought back then. None of that is easy. Getting up every morning, having your say on sport, having your say on what people are passionate about and what they care about, annoying some people, uh, rising them. That's not an easy thing to do. But you did it incredibly well, and you you produced some amazing pieces over the years. I do have one question for you. Um, I'm not sure what sort of influence you're going to exert over your replacement. Is there any chance we might get a bit of an Alex Ferguson, this is your new co-host now? (laughs) Is there any chance we might get some X-Factor additions for the the latest host of the Power Rankings or the new quiz? Are you going to have an influence over who takes over? Because, Owen, this is your legacy. Never mind, this is your life. (laughs) This is your legacy, my man. You've done an incredible job over the last couple of years and uh, geez, you'll be missed. Yeah, your job now is to get behind uh, the, the new presenters. Like that's um, one of the things as well is that it, like just the, the, the level of um, talent in this place is absolutely remarkable. Like the two lads obviously in the studio with me, Tommy Rooney, like showing up and just taking the football pod and being like, you know what, I'm a top class GEA broadcaster out of nowhere after sitting behind the other side of the glass for, for years and years. Absolutely unbelievable. And it's not just talent, but Tommy, it's unbelievable graft and hard work. And when it comes to everybody else that, that you hear on, on the output, it's, it's absolutely the same. Like what they're doing with, with PM at the moment is, is brilliant. Like when you've got the likes of, uh, like Arthur and Ronan in studio with Mick and Joe, like, the, um, there's just some brilliant stuff happening at the moment and I've absolutely zero question that uh, whoever's going to be sitting in the seat will do a much better job uh, best, oh, best of luck with all the travels Owen says Martin O'Sullivan will be sorely missed I haven't missed a show since the start of lockdown Owen very knowledgeable and very rarely wrong Jerry will be a shell of himself tomorrow this is correct Rick Jagger says I hadn't thought about this at all Rick Jagger says best of luck Owen no more eye candy from 7.30am anymore <laughs> Owen the thirst trap oh, Sheehan yeah, there you go me. That's you me. need to find that audience when you go travelling. Oh, yeah. oh, he will. He will find that <laughs> yeah, audience. Please just judge me on my personality, not my looks for once. <laughs> uh, hasta la vista, Owen. Enjoy yourself. We hope to hear updates of the trip and experience. Maybe an Owen hour once a week talking about his experiences at match days in South America, says Mark Kohler. There's loads more. Every bloke over 45 is jealous as hell, says uh, Neil McEnany. Good luck, Owen. Uh, love you, Owen. Keeping an eye out for arcade fire tickets on Toutless will text if they go below 50. Rachel says, hi, Shane O'Mahony. <laughs> Are you going to arcade fire tonight? I don't think so, unfortunately. Because you don't have tickets. I just have a little bit too much to do. Could anybody get Owen easy tickets, like a box or something at arcade fire tonight? Come on. I have two tickets. I'd like to give them to you, but I just want to go You want to go see arcade fire, yeah. It'll be my legal present, but... Uh, it'll be good. Uh, and then people asking, where's he going? Jer, longest best man speech ever. Great job, says Neil McEnany. <laughs> I do like the thought of the weekly check-in as Owen's hair grows ever longer and the oh, beard yes. gets bushier and the eyes become a bit droopier. Yeah, let's do it. There's also the question of how soon is too soon for him to come back. Yeah. There was that awkward situation with somebody who may be sitting outside who worked in Newstalk who we all gave the five or two and came back after three months and we're like, do we, do we get the money back? Do we get the money back? <laughs> You can't take all the cash to go and then they just rock back in three months later. Surely we should have had Joe Canning announce Owen's retirement to return the favourite. <laughs> that was the one uh, message that we should have actually got. That was, sorry, well, we weren't thinking. Well, but by converse, and it's unfortunate that I never come out on air, but I actually think Owen forced Joe to retire that day. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. No, I, I just think it was, it was, I don't know, I actually think it was a good thing. Do you know, you actually, you made somebody realise what they needed to do with their life. And I think that was testament to your broadcasting skills. Owen. <laughs> Griff says, Owen, could you power rank your colleagues at Off The Ball before Oof. you leave? Wow. 
Yes, well, I could. There go. Not on air. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry Mafia are going global uh, with huge thanks to you, Owen, says Alan O'Flynn. Uh, look, the, the love is coming in. There's too much now. And also, catch a Flamengo game in the Maracana, north or south for chaos, east or west for calm. It's an experience, says Ronan Brady. Have a great trip. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Hope he's back soon. Enjoy, Owen. Have a blast. Quick one before you go. What's the new address in El Salvador to send the crappy quiz postcards to? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Just, uh, I think, slide into the DMs. Uh, careful on the lingo you pick up Owen or you will be banned uh, ultimately 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 where does OTB go from here we've one more bit on the far side of this final montage to do have a look Owen's leaving everybody because <laughs> he won't say it I'm going to say it Jesus lads what happened the cliche. Sorry, am I ruining your you had like a carefully orchestrated plan for what this yeah communicado official what happened how can this happen? We just need to get a final answer now. Is this a dream or what's the story like? Is this... If you're a journalist who walks into that room, light will never peek into your life ever again. What I always say, Neil, is that you're better off being miserable in work than being miserable outside of it. Are you sure 100% positive you want to do this? Tommy was asking me to drink uh, some of the barbecue. Have a taste. <laughs> we go first. You know, how can this happen? Japanese people, very friendly. Japanese cats, pricks. Listen, interviewing drunk fans <laughs> is the most pleasant experience in the world. Like, Murray Kinsel knows what he's talking about. Oh, Gene doesn't, does he? Like, what have I done wrong oh you're slugging mm. oh go for it would you like to see him uh, stay here yes of course this sure, place sure. is the perfect place is Tony McGregor afraid of you Owen of course he is oh there he is we gotta we gotta interview Owen so you might be asking yourself the question why am I here Murray Kins is a great pundit how can this happen well to be honest with you I'm asking myself the same question that would have been a way better idea just dip my finger in <laughs> you no it's a pleasure to be on your show going into that room right now for me would be like living in the German Democratic Republic 35 years ago and trying to hop the Berlin Wall. How can this happen? How can this happen? Eyes are watering. Don't care. Getting some culture in. How can this happen? So we're running out of time here. Uh, it'll feel like a, a bottle of whiskey is smashed over your head when I'm finished with you, Tony. It's the end. It's the end of the road. Ultimately, the question ultimately is, you know, where do we go from here? I mean, where do we go from here? Chris Martin. September. Kyle Lafferty. Are you no! joking me? Is that right? I know. Is that right? Uh, anybody else? Like that is one of the most stupid questions. Darius Vassell. Seriously, you only need to just stay quiet. This is getting really annoying doing this quiz. What is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome along to the shoutiest segment on Irish radio. It is the scintillating, it's the stupefying, it's the splendido crappy quiz. Every Friday we pit three of team off the ball up against each other in a no-holds-barred quiz of sporting factoids at the end of the week. Allow me to welcome today's contestants. Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller. That's just a stupid question. Of course, I know what you're talking about. I understand. No, fair point, Adrian. No, 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 you can't. You've just been talked there from what your decision was. You can't do that. You screwed me over rightly there. Oh, for God's sake, this is a ridiculous question. This is so easy. You, the um, resources point in the laptop is an interesting one. I'm not sure you guys are all probably too old to have watched Quiz Zone. What do you mean, oh my God, you don't want a bloody answer? Sorry, this what? is a great question. Oh, Three Jesus is, Christ! In its um, uh, pomp in like 2005, 2006, and it was basically where kids had to get an answer to a question correct and then run through like a soft play area. Here, would you stop with your absolute bullshit? No, it's Rafa Nadal. Oh! 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 Damn it! Jesus! No, you're, you're a wanker. I'm really enjoying this. 
they had like encyclopedias behind them and they had a computer in front of them and they'd be like, what is the capital of Ecuador? Lads, lads, you should have heard what Tiny was telling me off there. And they would go to the encyclopedias rather than Googling what is the capital of Ecuador. It's Karen Benzema. Ah, Benzema, so I was going to go for it. I thought he only got three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got, we got, and I kind of feel sometimes that that's what's going on here with oh, this laptop that here. Was, that was a great anecdote. Wow. Correct. Ashton yeah. off the mark. Hey, give me one more and then you get the point. Okay. What? This, this is like cheapening the quiz, what you're doing. <laughs> do, do you think um, that Neil Armstrong is going to have a poster of you winning the triathlon behind him in his room now? Well, Neil Armstrong's dead, so I don't think he will have one, but Buzz Aldrin might. Buzz Aldrin <laughs> Buzz might. Aldrin. That level of pedantry is getting us all in that Friday feeling that uh, we so love here on the crappy quiz. But that was a two-yard tap in. Oh, it's in bad. Row. In can, I can, I can. Um, it's, it's just a look at your jaw. It's just supposed to end badly for me, so I get it. In a battle of the egos. Uh, who's your daddy? <laughs> Next morning. <laughs> oh, this is Next Tuesday. Next I'll Tuesday, half time. seven. <laughs> See we you will next be Tuesday. here. See you then. Have a great weekend, Stephen Ward. Now. <laughs> I won the quiz. Okay. It's like my puppy is being murdered in front of my eyes here. Uh, yeah, that was so. That was our, our final montage. Oh, and I have to say, like most Irish men, you're an incredibly hard person <laughs> to buy a present for. And uh, I nearly tracked down the original, but this is the, oh, no way. the 1998 Adidas version of the Kerry jersey. Amazing. Thank you so much. Wrapped it up beautifully. Which we expect to be at the top. Here, open it there quickly so we can actually. Which we expect to see on the top of Machu Picchu, in the Maracana, and wherever else you're going. Glorious. Look at that. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you Owen Sheehan, take it away. That's it. OTB AM With Gillette Get into your flow With the new Gillette Labs Razor With exfoliating bar